Welcome, everybody. I have a new guest. It's an external guest. Um, Casey, welcome. Thank you very much. So uh, talking offline, it sounds like you got a fun little project. Uh, go and tell us about it. Yeah. So I've been working at a startup promoting uh, better female health. And we are launching a week Monday. So it's been a been a challenge and a half. Yeah. I, I'm currently the only developer. Okay. So I've been developing this mobile app for about six, eight months now. Really? Okay. You know, okay. so tight deadlines, getting things turned around quick, but managed to get right. it done, managed to get approvals all done today. So nice. Congratulations. Thank you. So when you, when you write a mobile app, so, cause this is actually fascinating me a little bit because I'm, I'm in technology myself. So when you write an app, the first question I have is, you know, how does that start from from the genesis of an idea to okay i've got to get my software development kit i've got to get you know how does that how does that mobile app work i guess from from basically idea to we're ready to go so the downloading sdks and things like that is not the first thing you do okay. first thing you do is is you talk to a designer mm -hmm. you talk to someone who is familiar enough with the space or at mm -hmm. least ui ux kind of area Right. And so you can sit down and mock things. Right. You do not want a developer making the designing the UI. We are all bad at it. Collectively, okay. just just terrible. Okay. So and you work with them and you pick specific user workflows. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is so we are we're a fitness related app and a user needs to be able to record a workout. Right. And then all the and then you work through all the details that are involved with that, what gets logged, what gets displayed, mm -hmm. and then you slowly build up from these different workflows. You end up together with a framework for the app, mm -hmm. and that's the point where you start putting key putting fingers to the keyboard. Okay, okay, fair enough. So, you know, I mean, you're you're a software developer, so of course, you know, I, I imagine it takes you years to get to where you're at. You know, do you have a lot of people? Because I I know because I'm in IT myself, but I'm more of an infrastructure person, so you know, I can build out the, the, you know, the infrastructure for either on-premise or in the cloud. I can make it so that, you know, we got mobile workforces, that kind of thing. But cannot tell you how many times without fail, I've always had some relative who's always looking for like a get rich quick scheme kind of thing. And they're always saying, I got this great idea for an app. If you write it, we'll be, we'll split it 50, 50. Have you had that happen yet? Oh, uh, several dozen times. Yeah. Um, yeah. The startup I started my career with several years ago, someone came to us with the idea for a doorbell app. They didn't, they, they explained it that they wanted someone to press the doorbell and you get a notification. And uh, the, the person who told the office the story, this were just like, so they want a doorbell. Right. And it, <laughs> they want a doorbell, yeah. The idea people, I'm sorry, are a dime a dozen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, especially people who, so like the 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 founders I'm working with right now are very good at they recognized that right. a fitness app has a ton of details to it. Yes, and yes. acknowledge that mm -hmm. the the people who come at you with ideas are never those people. Okay, they they think the idea is the most valuable part, and that's just not true. Right. Yeah, in fact, that's one thing I've noticed um, with a lot of people because, you know, because I've been approached myself and I've been approached for other things too, you know, IT related. I've had people say, well, here's my idea. And it's, it's like, well, that's great, but you still have to 
fund all the development. You have to fund the computers. You have to fund yeah. the software. You have to fund all these things that people don't ever think about. And so for, I guess, so I'm not sure how much you would know, but I mean, if you're the only developer, I imagine you have a decent idea. So at what point, I mean, is this, I assume this is a paid app. Is it a subscription based or what are you thinking? Uh, the, so it's a very interesting business model. Mm-hmm. Um, the company's goal is to promote women's health. So okay. there, it is a fitness tracking app. So there, it is consumer focused that will be, that has an in-app subscription with custom ads. Okay. Okay. But, uh, we're also looking, but part of the business model is also looking to partner with research institutions to be able to run clinical trials Okay. through the app. But that's, that's a whole other thing. That's, that's down the road a little bit. Like yeah. Version 2.0. Yeah. I actually use a fitness app and I see if I can find the name of it here. It's, um, Cause I go to a, uh, uh, I go to a powerlifting gym. So I'm in really good shape. If you need to lift a car, um, I am in really horrible shape if you want to see abs. So I'm not, I'm not that guy. <laughs> so I use that <laughs> called, uh, fit hero and fit hero. The reason why I like fit hero is because I can go to the gym. I can do, cause I'll do deadlift. I'll do, you know, clean and jerk. I'll do, you know, mainly leg works. You know, I do uh, upper body as well. But it's just basics, right? It's how many did I do, how many sets, how many reps, uh, how much weight, that's it, right? So, and I've monitored this yeah. app. I haven't seen it like phone home or anything like that. And so, you know, it's, it's, it fits my needs pretty well. Um, but I've seen some apps that are really, really good. But the subscription model with all these other things, I just kind of look at it like, ah, God, yeah, you know, I don't mind paying for the app initially, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever the hell it is. But I also realize from a from a business perspective, from your perspective, you know, if, let's say you sell a million of these things, right? Which is pretty good. I mean, if you sold it for ninety nine cents, yeah. you've made a million bucks. Well, that's all fine and dandy. It pays your salary and you know pays the founders and pays a few other people, and that's it. That's for the year. You know, you you might get two yeah. years out of that. Yeah. So the, the subscription I get, but um, and, and then the ads. I, I wonder from your from your end. Have you have you seen the you know the, the fight between Facebook and uh, and Apple with regarding their the stuff that's going on? With yeah, them? so I'm really thankful that we're doing in-house ads. Okay. So oh, okay. okay. We're not we're not we're not we're not using Google AdMob or anything like that. It's okay. you pay us the advertiser pays us directly. We put your picture in the app. It's okay. just that simple. Yeah, uh, I think you're better off that way, honestly. Yeah. Um, because we're trying to build a fundamentally not sexist companies, we want control over what ads mm-hmm. get displayed because mm-hmm. we there's certain companies we'd rather not support. Oh, I don't uh, like <laughs> There are some companies that, you know, I've been loyal customers just because the either force of habit, they, they got good prices, you know, what have you. And all of a sudden they poke their nose into some kind of political thing or or social yeah. thing and pretty soon i just go oh fuck you <laughs> right yeah like, me, and and mm-hmm. oh sorry go ahead i it, it drives me insane because mm-hmm. the so many so many companies i find are hilariously ignorant at mm-hmm. times right you know you you have like the wendy's of twitter that Right. Just do that. Get a little political, but it's really just for the memes. And it's like, I mean, fine, right. whatever you do, you. Sure. But there have been so many companies, like I think Hobby Lobby, down mm. in the states, 
Yeah. That that's just like, no, you're you're probably on the wrong side here, a lot of your customers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so for me, uh, I've got several rentals. I've got twenty nine doors right now, right? And I am I would say I'm probably center right in my in my political ideology. And what I mean by that is there are some things that I lean right on, some things I lean left on. Now, I'm not sure if that translates into into Canada. So what I mean by lean right is, um, you know, I'm pro-gun. I'm pro, uh, you know, making sure criminals go to jail. I'm pro, you know, leave me alone kind of thing. But, yeah, same thing like you were talking about. You do you. You know, if you want to go off and you want yeah. you know, a gay marriage, had zero issue with. I'm like, they aren't bothering me. They're, you know, who cares? Uh, my neighbors down the road yeah. if they want to protest on Sundays and whack their heads, you know, with hammers every Monday. I don't care. It's not my business. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of companies, especially lately, probably in the last year or so where they've really started to ramp up the political part. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Yeah. I, you know, you're, you're a business and that's, that's kind of with me. So I know for a fact that one of my tenants uh, is one of those far left protesty, police are evil no matter what kind of people and i would typically be against something like that but i don't involve myself in that it's you pay your rent in full on time every month i take care of a leaky faucet here and there yep. and we go about our merry little way yep mm -hmm. so yeah so i mean is there yeah is that's there... oh good sorry go ahead so i i tend to lean fairly far left okay, personally fair. but you know right. i, I general principle of just leave me the hell alone right. is for, for a lot of it. Like I, so much, I just don't understand because I just don't have the energy to care. Sure. And I kind of noticed that myself as, as, as time has gone on. Um, and, and I'm not sure how old you are, but you know, I'm in my mid forties. Um, so when you, as you get older, you sit, you start to care a little more. Like, you know, when I was younger, when I was in my twenties, didn't give a clue who the, I barely knew who the president was. Now, to be fair, 20 some odd years ago, there wasn't Twitter or any of these other things where you could get information instantaneously, super easy, but little things didn't care, didn't care, didn't care. Now I'm kind of looking at it from the perspective, two different perspectives. Actually, the first perspective is, you know, Hey, leave me alone because what you do affects me. Um, you know, either my bottom line or something along those lines, but also, Hey, watch what you're doing because you're going to affect the younger generation, whether that be my kids, whether that be you, if you're a younger generation coming up, you know, um, in fact, I had a guest on who he was a comedian uh, and he was coming up in the world and he voted for Biden. I actually voted for Joe Jorgensen because I'm, I'm more libertarian, um, kind of the, you know, what you do on your end is fine. Just leave me alone. And when we were talking through that, I said, I have to justify my vote to my kids to my fellow countrymen to you know everybody else and i can justify my vote five years down the line ten years down the line so when somebody tells me i voted for biden great why'd you vote for him right i don't care why you voted for him just why'd you vote for him and every biden voter uh except for this person um told me i wasn't voting for biden i was voting against trump and I go, okay that's all fine and dandy but Let's say two years go down the line and Trump's now out of the limelight, blah, blah, blah. Now you have this guy who's got sole power to do lots of bad things. Did you research the guy? Did you say, hey, he kind of lines up with my ideology? Is he going to have my back on the issues that I care about? 
Um, so that's that's kind of one thing that I always try to, to instill in people is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to vote for the two top people. You can vote for a third person, you know. Yeah, the person may not have a chance of hell winning, but, you know, that's that. Um, in fact, I know a little bit about Canadian politics, but me and my wife, because my wife's from Canada, um, we have never really... And you tell me, so you're you're far left, you say, correct? I consider myself fairly far left. Um, oh. Yeah, so in, in Canada, we have a, a few more parties to, to choose from. Sure. Uh, you know, there's still really two big ones, but there there is a chance every time, a little tiny chance for disruption mm-hmm. from some other parties. Right. And there, there's definitely something to say for that. But mm-hmm. I... I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the notion that you shouldn't have voted for Biden just because it was a vote against Trump. Oh, no, I'm saying that it's it's fine to vote for for Biden however you want. I was only pointing out that what, if you voted against or if you voted for Biden because of Trump, eventually Trump's going to go away. And so now you, did you did you did you think that vote through? It's not necessarily saying you're wrong uh, for voting for Biden. It's just I'm, I'm kind of walking a person through the logic of it. Fair. But I think for a lot of people, it was voting out someone who was doing them active harm. Sure. I can see that. Yeah, in fact, um, I didn't, you know, I saw some things that Trump was doing that I agreed with. Um, So, for example, uh, China. uh, And, you know, as well as I do in the technology world, China is a big, big threat. And I've seen a lot of politicians roll over, do nothing, um, don't take them seriously, uh, you know, just really just nothing, you know, and just kind of allowed them to to do whatever the hell they wanted to do. Um, not necessarily saying I would agree with the way that he did it, and I certainly didn't agree with him running his mouth for all the dumb shit, because if you look at, you know, the, the last election we had, he had a very real chance of winning, and I think he probably would have won had he not uh-huh. opened his mouth about really dumb shit. It's like, dude, shut your fucking mouth. You don't have to be the, the be all end all. You don't have to have everybody come yeah. by and hang you on the back and tell you how awesome you are. It's like, you know, you, you made it. You're at the top of the heat. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, someone needed to take away his Twitter about two years into that presidency. Yeah. In fact, I remember, and I don't know if you, <laughs> if you remember this, but do you remember uh, when Obama got elected, how he was addicted to his little Blackberry? It was it was a very quick. Uh, I I I don't remember that being a thing. Okay, I, I'll have to look it up. But I remember the reading an article that the NSA was just absolutely beside themselves, going, "Get rid of this BlackBerry. It is a threat." And it wasn't necessarily because BlackBerry was a was a bad platform or wasn't secure or anything like that. But they just knew that if somebody got in for any particular reason, you can listen in on the president. You know, because you have a microphone right in his pocket. Yeah. And it's just kind of the same thing with Trump when he was on Twitter all the time. Like, I'm in the same boat. You know, I would look at that like, oh, my yeah. God, you know, this is a threat, an electronic threat. Um, but there were other things that I just kind of looked yeah. at like, oh, what are you doing, dude? You know, and, and people were just losing their minds about it. I don't know. So, Yeah. Yeah. So who, he, he kind of, was such a mess. Yeah. So who's a person that you like up there in Canada? Um, no one. 
Is that is that that's a good answer? That is a fair answer. Um, <laughs> there there used to be a politician mm-hmm. uh, named Jack Layton who ran for the New Democratic Party, right. fairly left party, the party you right. associate when you hear union. Okay, all right. Uh, but he was genuine about it. Mm-hmm. He was he he wasn't a politician. He was someone mm-hmm. who genuinely wanted to do better, right, and wanted to help other people be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that vibe from Bernie Sanders as well. Yeah, uh, very very similar, very very similar people. Yeah, I got the vibe from Bernie Sanders. Now, I don't agree with a lot of things that Bernie does, just because I've run businesses, I've done the things that you know, uh, uh, you know, the American dream, basically. You know, I I grew up dirt poor had nothing no government cheese tastes like that kind of shit but um when i see somebody saying you know hey i want all this stuff and i want you to pay for it my first thought was well wait a minute i worked my ass off to get to where i'm at i'm finally comfortable finally starting to see the the reward for my hard work for all these years and you're wanting to take it from me so that's kind of where i i I split from in that regard um, but yeah, it was just one of those things I was like, but you can tell that he's sincere. Like he believes what he's saying. Like you can, you can tell yeah. that he, you know, he's not bullshit. He's not saying, well, you know, come on, just, I want some free shit. Why don't you pay for it? You know, he's not trying to politic you. He's doing right. what he genuinely believes is good. Exactly. Exactly. So, so anyway, I got, uh, I did see something though, that, that I disagreed with on your guys' side, you guys, and this is just me. Um, I, I cannot imagine that you're much of a gun person, you know? Uh, not really, no. No? Yeah. I, I remember... Reading... I, I, I... Oh, what? I'm a nerd. I don't I don't need one. You too? Because I got my first computer when I was nine, I think. Uh, and then, you know, it, it was, I was playing with it for a little bit. It was a little piece of shit. And then a buddy of mine um, was no longer using his 8086. Or no, excuse me, it was an 8088. And for those of you that don't know, and I'm not even sure you know, this was like two generations of processor before anything that could run Windows. Like you had to run DOS, period. Yeah. And it was all command line based. It was this, you know, just solid steel piece of shit. And my, my friend, <laughs> I decided to be a nice guy about it, and I bought a hard drive for it. This is a 10 megabyte hard drive for it. I paid $100 for it, and that was an ungodly amount of money for me at the time. And he was practicing his programming with uh, assembly language. And assembly language goes down to the chip level. And he, I gave it back to him because yep. he needed it. And sure as shit, he calls me up, and he goes, uh, I fried the hard drive. I'm like, what the fuck did you do? And he's like, well, I was trying to write a virus. And you know how you like you write your program out and then you hit run and then you fix your bugs and you hit run. And you, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he says, well, I, I basically wrote it perfectly the first time I hit run and went, ah, fuck. <laughs> like he took it into a computer shop and the guys were like pulling out multimeters. Like we have no idea what the hell you did, but this thing is basically a, a brick. It's nothing. <laughs> that's impressive oh yeah i was i was shocked i was looking at my like, you could be a billionaire with a bug like that nowadays oh yeah 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 i was i was shocked i'm like dude i paid money for this <laughs> <laughs> so is there any um is there any games coming out or any new technologies that you're kind of excited for if you're that much of a nerd 
Or the better question is, what kind of nerd are you? Because, I mean, there's tech nerds, there's D&D nerds, all that. I'm very much a tech nerd. Okay. Um, so I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the CPU space in the next five years. All right. Why? Personally. Because, so you've got Intel that's just been sitting on their asses for a while now. True. And about four or five years ago now, AMD, for like the first time in eight, nine years, managed to finally come out with something competitive. True. And Intel, uh, a, a lot of the management seemed to have shit their collective pants. Mm-hmm. Because they had nothing to respond to. And they, they've been inching I'll inching the top with AMD, but the fact mm-hmm. that AMD came so far from so far behind, Intel just doesn't have the R and D capacity that they used to mm-hmm. to compete anymore. And then you yeah. have Apple, who says, "Screw you guys, we're making our own chips." Mm-hmm. And exactly the thought I had when you when you first said that, I was like, "Ooh, let's talk Apple." Yeah, and so because I'm a mobile developer, I have to use Apple. Right. If you want to make an iOS app, you have to do it on the Mac. There's just right no ifs and or buts there but you know if, if 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 we compare it to comparable chips from intel in the in past generations is apple their their first computer chip you know they've been making their own chips for iphones and ipads for a while but right. their first arm-based chip for a full desktop you know kind of comparable mm-hmm. and you have uh samsung making i can't remember who they partnered with but like, uh, uh, I who was it? I want to say I think it's called Snapdragon processor, isn't it? No, so no, something wrong. Okay, so um, so Samsung phones in North America come with a Snapdragon processor, not because the processor, well, it is better, but that's not why Samsung does it. They do it because of the modem, so the cellular cellular connection bands in in Canada and the U.S. The LTE bands are such that. Kind of, they're kind of locked in by Qualcomm patents who make the Snapdragon. But in other regions, Samsung uses their Exynos processor. Okay. And they're actually partnering with, I can't remember who, I, I, to make a, a Windows-based ARM tablet from Exynos. And, yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so now you have Samsung trying, you know, following in Apple's footsteps. And in if, you know, Intel is... Finally, this year, getting their stuff together, they replaced their CEO with an actual engineer. Right. So there, there is a little bit of hope for them, but you know, it, it, it's going to get tight and it's going to get dark for a year or two there. Oh yeah. In fact, uh, I've got uh, the machine I'm on right now is a first gen Ryzen processor that came out about three, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it runs like a champ. I run all my AAA games. I've got a NVIDIA 1070 card in it. And I have yet to run into any kind of real hiccup with it. I mean, you know, granted, because yeah. uh, I got a 34-inch monitor I'm staring at right now, but I think it's only, I don't know if it's 1080p or um, one of those 1440s, but, you know, it's, it's definitely not a 4K. So yeah, it's been good enough. Well, the for me, the other thing is is when these new AMD chips came out, I went, oh, my God, this is wonderful. You know, I finally, because I used to love the old the yeah. Athlons and you know the I even had the first yeah uh, AMD 64s they were great super fast dirt cheap and then Intel came along stomped on them started charging a shit ton of money for for their processors and I was like yeah something about it just didn't kind of sit right so yeah. then AMD came out and I'm like wow this is really cool and then Apple came out 
with their M1, and it's gotten to the point where people are raving about this Mac Mini so much that I'm debating on getting one just so I can do my podcast because everybody is raving about how yep. power efficient it is, how wonderful it is. I mean, do you have one of the new ones? I, I actually have an M1 Mac Mini, funnily enough. Oh, you do? How do you like uh, it? Most because, so I'm not planning on keeping it for six years. Like I did my last laptop, mostly because I don't think Apple's going to support it that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a first generation product, you know, right. they never get long support. But, you know, it's for a first generation product. It's actually been really good. Yeah. Is you have the 8 gig or the 16? 16. 16. Okay. The reason why I asked is because I've seen reports, I think it was on Slashdot, that said that um, the they're seeing the, the SSDs wearing much faster than what they should. So you may want to check in on that. And there, yeah. was a, there was a report that said that the 8 gigs were wearing faster than the 16s, but the 16s were still wearing pretty quickly. So that might be something you may want to check out. Definitely something I'll look into, thanks. Uh, I actually hadn't seen that. Um, I could see it for the 8 gig, like if you need to do paging, mm-hmm. you know, where it starts, where it, it takes your heart, takes your SSD as like a lower level RAM. Exactly. I, 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 could, see, I could see that happening, but... I had to get the 16 because I'm a mobile and a backend developer. So I'll end up with just so many things open. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm the same boat My, with, with me. I'm, I'm running windows 10. And even this morning, you know, I had probably 20 tabs open on my browser. I had four Excel spreadsheets. I had a ton of shit open and it's all yeah. boring as shit. You know, I mean, I, I don't work on anything exciting. You know, I don't work on, yeah. You know, space shuttle shit. I don't work on next generation stuff. I work on cloud computing. I work on, you know, connecting things back and forth, you know, databases with Active Directory, domain controllers, and, you know, shit like that. Nobody fucking cares unless it doesn't work. Then they care. Then all of a sudden, I'm their best right. <laughs> so, it's usually how it works. Yeah. So, is, is the company just you and the two founders? For, for so, there's the two founders. All right. Sorry, there's two founders. There's also a couple of business development people who are focusing on like the ad relationships and focusing on growing the business model and marketing side of things because I'm also terrible at that. Sure, me too. I I don't like people. Um, I work with computers. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So is it just like the five of you? Uh, I think there's six of us. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, we're we're really small right now. We're just about to launch and if we can prove out a little bit, it, it's going to accelerate very quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I remember working at small companies like that, and there was, in fact, I think a company or two ago I was working at, they were a small little company. Um, there was like 12 people working there, and the they were nice. They were, they were nice people, but there were plenty of times where like, I quite literally had to just go down to Free Geek, which is basically a... a almost like an IT charity kind of thing to get equipment so that I can, you know, make other things work. And it was a nightmare to deal with. But the funny part was the CEO, really nice guy, but he lived in a $4 million house and a $4 million house in Portland, Oregon Mm. is gigantic. And he lived right on the water and he wanted to be that jet setting CEO, the kind of guy that would, go out, hop on a plane, first class, chat people up, have a drink, and that was it. And it's like, no, CEOs have to do real work. They have to look at, you know, reports and financials. Especially in the early days. 
Exactly. And he just didn't want to do that. And it, it started to slowly fall apart. Um, in fact, one of his, uh, one of the, one of his biggest ego things that he loved was he loved having a MacBook Air. I think it was MacBook. No, it wasn't a MacBook Air. It was like one of the first MacBooks that started getting really thin. And uh, he loved that we, yeah. were in the, we were in the Pearl District. And the Pearl District is a young, hip, trendy place. At least it was at the time. I don't know if it is still. And um, he had a big head of white hair. And people would always walk up to him like, hmm, Silver Fox, look at you. <laughs> and that was his whole <laughs> He's like, yeah, check me out. I'm awesome. I'm like, dude, no, you got to get back here and check out our quarterly financials. Yeah. But yeah I remember yeah. Um, every CEO I've ever talked to, because I generally try to have a good rapport with them. Every good, no, in every good CEO I've ever talked to says, my, I don't have a life. I, my entire life is this company. You know, I get up, I check my email. I, yeah you know, read reports. I do all this other fun shit. You know, he says, yeah, you know, I come to work in a brand new Tesla, but you know, I don't get to enjoy it. I don't get to like roll around and, you know, yeah. take my kids out and have fun. So, yeah. And then of course we're going to, did you, have you, were you at this place since the beginning? Yep. yep. Okay. Okay. So you, uh, did you, were you at, like a bigger place before? Like, was it like a scary jump to make that jump in and go, okay, I got to know if this place is going to be financially viable and that kind of thing. It definitely was. So one of the founders is a friend from university. So I I wouldn't make that jump with someone I didn't know personally. Okay. Okay, And it it was definitely a jump. Uh, It, it, so they, they're very bootstrappy as well in in the start. And it kind of worked out that um, I needed to help my mother out with some health, health issues. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was able to quit my job, work part-time living with my mom while we were working through these. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't have a rent, didn't need to pay rent. So I could, I could okay. actually afford part-time. Okay. That's fair. But I mean, you know, if you're, if you're help taking care of mom, you know, it's like, yeah. you, do, you do what you gotta do, you know, you yeah. gotta be a good kid, you know? Yeah. In fact, um, I had my stepbrother, at the time, uh, he, I made in a comment at the Thanksgiving dinner that offended everybody until it settled down and uh, they looked at me and said, well, he's right. So his grandmother <clears throat> said, I am in the early stages of Alzheimer's. It is not going to get better. It is going to get worse. Uh, I need somebody to come take care of me. And she told this to her four grandchildren. Now, to be fair, her grandchildren are in their 30s and 40s at this point. She says, you know, you can come live with me. You can stay rent-free. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pick up the bills. Don't worry about it. Just come and help take care of me, right? And everybody was like, well, you know, I don't really want to, blah, 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 except for um, uh, Kim. Uh, he, he was, uh, his name was Kim. And Kim said, you know what, I don't have much going on here. You know, I can quit my job. I'll come down there. I'll take care of grandma. No problem. So he goes down there and he's there for eight years. And eventually grandma dies and she left all of her money to him, which was, I think at the time, a little shy of a million bucks. (laughs) And he was back for Thanksgiving and we're all there and including the other grandkids. And hey, you know, so uh, when are we going to get our cut? 
And he's like, what are you talking about our cut? And they go, well, grandma, you know, had about a million bucks. So there's four of us. So we should all be getting 250 grand. And he's like, you're out of your motherfucking mind. And it caused like a little bit of a stir because yep. we're all sitting at Thanksgiving dinner. Like we're having, you know, we're, it's like Pat potatoes. Fuck you. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I was younger and what didn't really read the room on, you know, Maybe you shouldn't say this, but of course I've never been that way anyway. So uh, I said, well, hey, where were you three when grandma needed her ass wiped at three in the morning? <laughs> and who <laughs> you could hear a pin drop? <laughs> and then yep. my, my yep. stepfather, who at the time was a very stoic, you know, and it's it's his mom I'm talking about, very stoic man. He He stops, he looks at me, then he looks at all the other kids and he goes, you know what? He's right. Where were you at three o'clock in the morning when the gravity had ass wiped? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I mean, Kim was a very large man. The other, the other grandkids, they were very large people too. I was waiting for a fist to come my way. Like it was, it was that awkward silence where you're like, do I apologize or I just stand by yeah. my words? <laughs> oh, I forgot about yeah. that story until now. <laughs> So, so you went to live with grandma or you went to live with mom, you're taking care of her. And then you decided to, to move on to this place. Yeah. And, uh, work picked up and so I did some funding and I've been full time with them since October. Nice. Cool. Cool. Oh, so, oh, so you're really recently. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've loved technology my entire life. In fact, um, I got some pretty neat things on the back end with technology. Like, um, you know, I've been doing 3D printers. My house is wired to the gills. Um, in fact, I had a four-post rack with, uh, you know, these gigantic rack mount servers for a little while. And then the electric bill came, and the wife was super pissed about that. <laughs> yeah. I got My bill went from 80 bucks to, like, 350 all within about a month. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're set up like right now? Uh, no, I'm, I haven't been able to afford anything that fancy. One of these, like I've got a 4790K and computer. And when I get a new one, I'm going to retire that into my home server. You would be amazed at how cheap servers can be. Um, and, and you'll probably hate me, but go on. It's not just the server. (laughs) Oh, it's not. Okay. It's the, it's the electric bill. It's the. True. It's where do I put a server? So now I need a server rack. True, true. Okay. And being a renter, I can't just go running my own oh, Cat okay. Six cables. I need to, you know, I have to manage that. So I just, I, it, the cards just haven't been right for that for me yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, my house is uh is wired up. I had my house built back in two thousand five, and I'm like, listen, you know wireless wireless was just kind of on the horizon and like wireless is eventually going to get there but let me go ahead and get wired networking i'm so glad i did because my neighborhood is a better neighborhood where everybody has wi-fi and they're all interfering with one another yeah yeah just 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 put up some tin foil on your fence you'll be fine there you go (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure my neighbors are (laughs) crazy enough they're like ethel come out here he's putting up tin foil now And you make sure you put it on the other side of the fence. That way it's not shining into your yard. 
Ooh, and then you then you kind of squint like you're like you're uh, like <laughs> what do you think you're doing? <laughs> you're sitting on that side of the goddamn fence. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, every now and then I just like fucking with people. You know, when you do certain stupid things like that, you know, maybe you drive, you know, uh, five miles an hour, you know, when you're super, when you're super uh, uh, pissed off at the person behind you. In fact, um, I've told this story once before. Um, the first time I got high on weed when I was almost 38 years old. And <laughs> the funniest goddamn thing, because I had had a bunch of drinks that night. I had um, went to this girl's place. She was like, hey, let's have some fun. Let's smoke some weed. And I'm like, I, I've never smoked weed. And she's like, oh, my God, are you are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've never smoked weed before. And so she's like, oh, my God, you, you totally have to try it. So she gets me a brand-new pipe with brand-new weed. And I'll preface this. At the time, I was in phenomenal cardio shape, right, because I was going to these MMA classes yeah. and, you know, just doing great. Everything's banging on all cylinders. And I go, what do I do? And she says, all right, take your, take your thumb, put it over this hole, light it, inhale, inhale as much as you need, and then hold it. And then as soon as you can't hold it anymore, let it out. I'm like, okay, cool. So quite literally a good 30 seconds of me going, <laughs> and her eyes get really big, like, what are you doing? <laughs> So you literally watch the weed get burned down in the bowl and she's yeah. getting real big. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So anyways, I inhaled pretty much the entire nugget <laughs> for a good minute, minute and a half. And she's just like, let it out, let it out, let it out. So finally I let it out and I go, that tastes awful, you know, because I mean, it tasted burnt, you know, burnt, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And I look at her and I go, I don't know what the whole thing is. And, and I says, that didn't do anything. And it just hit me like a truck, like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. So the night got progressively worse. So I head home and there's a guy on my tail and I'm like, fuck him. So I take my foot off the gas until I'm going all the way down to five miles an hour. And finally he goes around. I get on the freeway doing like five miles an hour. <laughs> it's like two in the morning. There's on the freeway. And I'm just chugging along going, hey, man, all right. Okay, this is what the weed people are talking about. This is all right. This is cool, man. And people are just blasting by me 70, 80 miles an hour, honking their horns. I'm like, hey, hey. Slow down, man. Safety first. (laughs) 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 The dumbest thing. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, but you guys just legalized weed nationwide recently, didn't you? Uh, A couple years ago now, yep. Is it a couple? God, fucking time travel, man. Has it it gotten, have have people, as, as like crime gone up or anything really changed other than like, oh, okay, cool, we can smoke it out in the open now? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, yeah, n- n- nothing has really changed. Crime rates didn't change. Police, I mean, p- unless you were being obnoxious, they didn't care beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my old lady's father is a retired RCMP guy, and uh, he, he was like, listen, it's, it, crime is different in Canada. He says, yeah, we got crime. We got people who are being assholes, you know that kind of thing. And you, you haul them off the jail. He says, but we don't have like, you know, the gangbangers and the, the hardened criminals like we do. In yeah. 
the problem though is that in America, the crime problem is really blown out of proportion because people forget that the, the person reporting the, the the news event, whether whatever it is, they're trying to get your eyeballs. They're trying to get you to to click on yeah. that link or whatever. So they're going to sensationalize it a little bit. So then, of course, that news goes around yeah. the world, and everybody thinks that America is just nothing but guns and shooting people and you know gun drug dealers and all that shit. It's just not the case. But um, the the best show, and I don't know if you remember this, there was a show on. It was basically the Canadian version of Cops, and it was the funniest goddamn show. It was called You Were Under Arrest. Did you ever watch that? I have never seen that. Oh, it's on net. Well, it was on Netflix, um, and it's the funniest goddamn thing because you see these cops. They get out. Uh, one of the first ones is this um, this girl who is um, she's drunk, and it's like, listen, you're gonna take it to the drunk tank. You're gonna sleep it off. No big deal. And this uh, girl who so she's she's getting out through the cops are like listen we're gonna go ahead and you know let's just sit down calm down and this other girl walks by and says something calls her a hooker or whatever and the girl goes what walks over in front of the cops blasts this chick in the face with a fist <laughs> and then they tackle her arrest her <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts crying like why are you arresting me she called me a hooker and they're like you punched her in the face and it's like of course they're gonna do that yeah stupid like she literally just stood there and looked at the cops like excuse me for a minute boom <laughs> knocked him down yeah <laughs> died laughing it's one of the greatest shows i ever saw but the thing was is i wonder when it was filmed because they were showing these cop cars that were just old as fuck they were like in the 80s and i'm, I'm looking around like okay i've been to canada you guys have modern cars it's not bullshit <laughs> it's not all igloos and uh, hockey sticks yeah <laughs> <laughs> Although there are a lot of hockey sticks. Oh God, you're not kidding. In fact, um, I, I got my me and my old when I were up there. I'm like, all right, tell me all the Canadian stereotypes. And it was like, oh yeah, you know, we're um, we're not really, you know, as polite as people think. And then she found a comedian um, that that summed it up perfectly. He says, because uh, he's he's from Canada, and he says, and he's at a Canadian, uh, um, he's at a Canadian uh, um, comedy show, and he's talking, and he says. You know, we, we got to stop, you know, with this stereotype that Canadians are the nice ones out of us and the Americans. He says, listen to an American talk about a Canadian. They're like, oh, you know, they're so wonderful up there with their moose and their igloos and, you know, just nice, wonderful people, you know, just going about, you know, and uh, playing around with their uh, playing around with their maple syrup, and blah, blah. He says, that's that's how most most uh, Americans talk about Canadians. How do we talk about the Americans? And everybody started laughing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I think we're yeah. the dick <laughs> But yeah. uh, I, I learned some new ones. Like, I didn't know that there was a, a thing that said that your guys' money smelled like maple syrup. I'm like, that's bullshit. No one would do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to talk about this for a second. All right. What you got? What you got? It, I swear. It did when they so it was the hundred dollar bills and it was the first polymer bills to come out yeah and i and i did the scratch and sniff thing and i swear it was maple syrup (laughs) but on on later mints it wasn't so my my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory is that it used to but then they couldn't reliably do it and it would fade over time so it wasn't a good measure all right so they just never mentioned it okay that could be so is that your only conspiracy theory Oh no, not even close. All right, all um, right. get on your get on your soapbox. Oh. Into, uh, what, what's your conspiracy theories? Oh, we're, we're gonna have to pick a topic because you know there's oh, right. 
Um, I've got one, and there is no way I can prove it no matter what. And it's not really conspiracy theory. It's just more something I kind of noticed. So, and, and, and not knowing how old you are, um, you, you may not know who this person is. So, do you know who Sam Kinison is? No. Okay. Not surprising. Sam Kinison was a stand-up comic. He was insanely popular in the mid '80s, all the way up until 1992, uh, when he died in a car crash. Uh, he was offensive, funny as hell. He was a uh, a former stand, or he was a former preacher, right? So he was used to like talking about God, talking about all these things, blah blah blah. And he dove, <clears throat> excuse me, he dove deep into the pool of debauchery, right? Like he was a good choir boy, he was a good preacher, you know, all that kind of jazz. Well, then when he left the church, he's like, fuck it, I'm doing everything. There were girls and cocaine and just mounds of drugs and mounds of money, and he celebrated it all. He was like, yeah, yeah, I do cocaine. He said, I do cocaine, I do drugs, and I tell jokes, and we're having a bunch of fun times, blah, blah, blah. And he made all these offensive jokes, and a bunch of people got all uppity about it, and blah, blah. Well, anyways, my conspiracy theory is... Sam Kinison was a second coming of Jesus because he was able to get all the sinners and, you know, you're talking strippers and drug dealers and all that to come to his shows. And he would talk about God and he would talk about all these other things, but he would do it in a funny way that made you kind of go, oh, okay, I never thought about it that way. Um, and I'm not even a religious person, but I just saw enough of the similarities where it was like he came out of nowhere, he died young, he brought the masses in. Um, apparently he was like really sweet when, uh, to, to people that were around him. So like waitress would come by, Hey, how can I help you? Okay, cool. Well, what's the biggest tip you ever gotten? hundred bucks. Cool. Here's 500 bucks, you know, that kind of thing. But there's no way in God's yeah. earth I can fucking prove that. It was just one of those, huh? Kind of odd. Yeah. So I don't know. Some people, uh, some people just have a funny way like that. Yeah. True. True. So, all right. So let's see here. Topics, topics. Um, Ooh, here's one. Here's one. Um, I have a ton I, of tech conspiracy theories. Oh, oh, I love those. Go for it. Go for it. Um, well, like you know, there's there's the whole uh, you know you're always being spied on, but like people don't. What drives me insane about a lot of the conspiracy theories, like especially when it comes to like the whole microchipping thing, mm -hmm. they don't need to microchip you. You willingly carry a tap mm -hmm. uh, in your pocket. You you literally carry a microphone that they can access mm -hmm. at any oh, point in your snap. pocket. Yeah, they mm -hmm. they don't they don't need they don't, they don't need to microchip you. You you willingly carry that phone, and I do it too. I'm just as bad, but like they're not they're not microchipping you. They don't that that's not a thing. All right, fair enough, fair enough. What's your other uh, conspiracy theory? Oh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I remember some where, and this was early on, back in the '90s, where. Um, most of the virus writers were employed by the virus, the antivirus people. So I could idea, believe that. Yeah. So, the, so the, the idea was, is, Hey, you know, they'll, they'll write a virus and Hey, I got, I got a solution here for you. Only forty nine ninety five, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and like how many, like how many of those, like, you know, there are 12 people interested in this product. It's just a hard coded 12 mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, did you ever hear about the, the, the worm? the uh that the u.s planted in iran yes stuxnet i am yeah. fascinated by that i so for for those of you who don't know 
this this was a worm that found its way into it was designed by the states and it found its way into the centrifuges mm-hmm. of the uh, in the Iranian nuclear program. Mm-hmm. And the thing you need to understand is that to purify uranium, you need to spin it very accurately at a very certain speed for a very certain time to separate the materials too fast and too slow. It won't, won't do it. Hmm. And what they would do is they, it started with, it would, it wouldn't spin the machines correctly. It would report to the operators that it was, mm-hmm. but it just wouldn't get up to speed. Until after a certain amount of time, there was, it, it, it would then keep going too fast and ultimately break the machine itself, ruining their centrifuges. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it just found its way in and they, they couldn't figure out what was happening to these machines because the, all the diagnostics was reporting correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that story. And I remember when it first, before we knew about Stuxnet, I remember that um, there were reports that the the centrifuges that they were getting was not they, they they weren't as reliable as other ones. And of course, I first thought, oh, somebody has gotten to because I think it was the, those were made by uh, some company in Germany. I was thinking, okay, somebody's interf- uh, you know gotten into that company and somehow interfere with that. And then when Stuxnet was was announced, I was like, wow, that is so much more creative and difficult and on and on and on in fact there was a there's a side story to that in that the cia apparently met with some iranian nuclear scientists and they gave them plans for how to build um uh, i don't know if it was how to build a bomb or how to build some 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 portion of the nuclear weapon and they they gave that to them and they and they purposely put in false they made they made mistakes on it on purpose and the idea was well they'll follow this down yep. and then well they the iranians looked at that and went oh here's your mistakes fixed all of them went hey thanks for the free plans so what's really interesting is that's not the first time that's happened uh oh, yeah. shortly after world war ii mm-hmm. uh you had russia and the and the states working mm-hmm. to, that had working nuclear bombs mm-hmm. but china wanted it on the game too mm-hmm and it wasn't stolen, but I can't remember who it was, but it was Mao in China. And mm-hmm. it was shortly after one of the Great Famine. And they, the Russians were just like, were like, I, the guy was just like, I can't, you're going to use this against your own people. I can't in good conscience give you these plans. And so they fed him the false information. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, it, it just doesn't quite work. Right. Uh, but what the, what, what the Chinese had to do is they had to go to some of the German scientists that were working mm-hmm. on it in World War II and get, get the data from them. Oh yeah. In fact, I remember uh, reading plenty of times and it's kind of famous at this point where after World War II, we started snatching up German scientists like crazy. Oh yeah. Which is smart, you know, you're like, yeah, you don't want these guys falling into the hands of the enemy uh, under no circumstances. Well, not only that, they were they were genuinely good scientists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, when, have you ever been to, uh, ever been to Germany and uh, gone through, like, the concentration camps and all that? I have not. Don't go. Um, if you have, to be fair, I have had 
horrible, horrible childhood. I have a nice callus over my heart the whole night. So I can see a lot of things. Like I've seen like the Nicholas Berg beheading videos and things like that. And it doesn't bother me, which should speak volumes about myself. But um, I went and toured Dachau concentration camp and it, you could feel evil on the walls. Like I walked in there and I'm like, yeah. something is fucking wrong with this place. But I remember yeah. reading on the walls where they were talking about all those horrible experiments that they did on people actually had scientific yep. results and they were like hey this this tells us certain things oh yeah so um the one i remember was they took this poor guy they got pictures of him um but they had this poor guy and they put him in a ice water bath and they were like we're gonna freeze him to death yep. and the only reason why was they wanted yep. to find yep. out how much a a pilot in germany if he crash landed somewhere how long could he survive and yeah, just, yeah. and they like you see pictures of this guy, you know, laying in this ice bath, and you know he's gonna die. There's there's no no question about it. But you look yep. at it, you go, boy, this poor prick, you know. And for me, Dachau really, um, because have you ever seen Shutter Island? It was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. No. Okay. They actually touch very briefly on this when we. When I say we, I mean the Americans, and I think I think Canadians were there too. Um, when we liberated Dachau, um, we captured all the the, the German uh, uh, guards, rounded them up, and said, "Hey, you know," and told a couple of you know 19 year old kids, "Hey, guard these guys, right?" And so what they ended up doing was they lined them up against the wall and they shot them. And all of a sudden they were like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" Blah blah. And he says, "Look what they did." says, look at this horrible shit that they did. You know, they starve people to death. They beat kids to death with a shovel. Fuck these people. And, um, and you know, you, you kind of feel that evil in that place when I went there. And the thing that got me about it, I mean, I've seen the death. I've seen all these other kind of things. But the thing that got me was I walk in through the Iron Gate the whole night, and I, um, I start talking to a buddy of mine. And we're Americans, so we talk English, right? And this girl turns and she goes american and you have to understand this is 2009 so anti-american sentiment in europe is pretty high because of iraq and all that and i'm thinking all right well we're about to get into a fist fight at dachau this ought to be a good story to tell the person i go to jail with and uh <laughs> she goes american and i go yeah and she starts hugging on me and crying her fucking eyes out she's like oh my god thank you so much yep, and i'm yep. like what the fuck is going on here? Like, I, and my buddy was looking at me like, I don't know idea what the fuck is going on. Yep. And she starts talking a mile a minute in German. I can't understand a fucking word she says. Her boyfriend, and these, these people are like 30, maybe 35 years old. And he looks at me and he says, her grandparents died here and the Americans came. And she always said that she was always forever grateful to Americans. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, lady, my grandpa you know, I'll tell him thanks on his behalf, but I had nothing. I was born 40 years after this thing happened. But yeah. wow. And it was so yeah. surreal to have somebody who was affected by that say thank you to me, and I had nothing to do with it. But, yeah, if you ever if yeah. you ever get the chance to go, if you want to look at it from a historical perspective, great. But as soon as you see it from the human perspective, you can feel that evil. You can feel that, that horribleness to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. going back to a slightly lighter topic, <laughs> uh, the 
Did you hear about the brick Brickerbot? Brickerbot? No. What do you got? So you remember it had to have been four years ago now where someone the the massive DDoS DDoS attack that took down basically all of the DNS in the western states or in the eastern yeah. states. Okay, no, I don't remember that one. Um, yeah, it, it was a massive DDoS attack brought brought down AWS, which brought down a third of the internet with it. Right. Um, and it was what it was done is it was done by using a lot of IoT devices. If you own an IoT device, burn it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because their security is atrocious, they're not maintained, and what will happen is someone will exploit it, put a little script in there, and launch these massive attacks. Mm-hmm. Well, will. some vigilante got an idea that he was going to use these same methods, you know, just simple methods like putting admin-admin on your router kind of level mm-hmm. hacks. Sure. And he would it would it would try and find the latest patches to install to prevent the exploit it just used and if it couldn't do it it would just boot it would just brick the device really okay. and this worm this worm got around got around quite a quite heavily it brought down like a third of a californian isp wow because you know admin admin was of seemed course. like a good idea at the time uh, and just like the this vigilante just bricked a bricked a ton of people's devices for the greater good yeah i remember something very very similar to that um there was a uh, a guy who basically was looking around found exploits and he wrote a bot that would go around break into your device and then patch your device and then move on to the next device yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same idea and i was looking at that i'm like okay bad bad but all right you know i'll 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 let it slide because you're doing the greater good here um and there was another virus that went around in like the early 2000s where it would infect the outlook and then it would it would uh, send itself to everybody and it would say hey i'm gonna install some shit on your computer would you like me to install it now normal viruses would just install it no matter what you said this one if you said no don't install it it would go okay cool thanks and like not install itself. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. I was like, well, Windows had one of these worms. Yeah. Windows had one of these worms. Um, had to be in early 2010s, mm-hmm. where it would it it would infect computers, patch itself, and then move on. And they nobody could figure out where it came from. Hmm. And uh, my conspiracy theory is that it came from Windows because they found a terrible exploit that they needed to patch. And, you know, when yeah. the, there's a reason why your why your Windows computer constantly asks you to update and you should. Yes. It, it's be, it's because of these security patches, but you know, this was before when it was forced. Right. And, you know, nobody ever updated their computers, so they they I think they made this worm to go and fix everyone's computer before something terrible happened. Yeah. And that's the thing is that with all the cameras and all the things that are out there now, it's really difficult to find something that's not that's not smart, that's not reporting back, that's not doing something. Yeah. Right? And I think that's one of the reasons why Facebook is raising such a stink with with Apple right now, because they know that a very very big portion of their user base is going to say, "Oh, you want to track me? No, go away. I'm not doing that." Um, why well, that's they, exactly why Facebook is scared. Yeah, and but the thing that, that gets me though is I think this is kind of the Streisand effect, um, and you know what that is, right? The Streisand effect. 
Yeah. Okay. So Google is in the same position, but Google didn't say much. Google kind of kept their mouth shut and just kind of let it happen. And they're slowly like, all right, well, you know, we'll see what we can do here. I don't know. But Facebook made it so public that naturally people are kind of looking going, well, what is this shit? You know? And I think that iOS 14. Yeah. 14.5 is supposed to be the one that does it, and it's supposed to be coming out pretty soon. Is that yes. right? Okay. Correct. I'd be very curious myself what apps are tracking portions of me, because I've got an iPhone 11, and I, I guarantee you this, there's tracking things on there that I don't know about. So, so mm -hmm. it's not enforced, but they do have, app, if, you go into the, if you look at an app in the App Store, there is the so-called quote-unquote nutrition label. Yes, where you can view where it'll show you what it, what it tracks and things like that. What Google did was actually really weird is, is how I'm going to put it. Mm -hmm. They didn't update. So the policy went into effect early January. They right. didn't update their apps until last week. I noticed that too. I thought that was so weird, but then I was like, well, they got to update their apps because sooner or later <laughs> people are going to start having questions, you know? Well, nobody nobody notices when they when they do app updates, but like Google ships a feature every hour. You know that right. that's the kind of scale we're we're looking at. So you know we're talking about features that aren't getting added, but it's because they didn't want to do the nutrition labels. Yeah, that's true. Their oh, last really? update was just before the nutrition labels went okay. were, were mandatory, okay. so, and then they just like held off as long so, as they could. So conspiracy theory time. Then, if they didn't want to do the nutrition labels, and that means that they they knew that people would look at that and go oh my fucking god you're tracking what and so now when the net when this rolls out to when ios 14.5 rolls out then it'll just say hey google wants to track you and they'll come up with some wording bullshit where they say listen we got to track you otherwise we won't know your gps location when you try to use maps and people will go yeah. okay that, okay that's good conspiracy. yeah good one there. yeah Meanwhile, Facebook is like, we're tracking everything. <laughs> yeah. Facebook yeah. is trying to turn people against, they're trying to do a PR move to turn people against it, against yeah. Apple, but that that's failing yeah. hilariously because yeah. only Zuckerberg could come up with an idea like that. Yeah, that's such a stupid um, move. Go Google appreciates subtlety a lot more. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like, Zuckerberg looks like a fucking robot. There's something wrong with that dude. You, you, you know, you can just like look at somebody and you're like, that's something yeah. here, you know? He looks like a goddamn robot. Every time I've talked, I've, I've I've seen him talk or whatever. I'm like, something is wrong there. And then his his actions really kind of speak to me as well. Where he bought yep. a a place in San Francisco, didn't like all of his, the people around him, bought a bunch of mansions around him, uh, and then put up this giant wall. And I'm like, well, what's what's with the privacy bullshit? Fuck you, dude. You know. And I was on Facebook probably. Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, something like that, when it was first coming out. I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. You know, you can keep track of people, blah, blah, blah. And then I had, like, ex-girlfriends coming out of the woodwork. And I'm like, nah, you know, it's, it's not for me. And so I would set all these privacy settings and say, hey, I don't want anybody to find me. I just want to talk to friends and family. No big deal. And then they would come out and say, hey, new privacy settings. Here you go. And then they would flip everything back. And I'm like, dude, don't fucking do that. Yeah. And just it got ugly quick for me. So I just finally, I finally got rid of them. Like I'm, I'm only on yeah, I'm on Twitter, and uh, and you can't find me. Um, I don't use my real name on that either. I use it mainly to fuck with politicians that I don't particularly care for. Um, usually like anti-gun <laughs> people who 
usually he's like because we got uh, in Washington State where I'm at, we got the the attorney general. He's a fucking weasel. He does everything he can to push gun control. And I'm like, dude, just fucking stop, man. You can't. He'll, he'll push gun control and he says this is a danger. I'm like, okay, cool. Give me an example of when this has happened in our state. And he he can't. Every time I challenge him on it, he'll give some example yeah. of something that happened in like Texas. And I'm like, no, I'm asking for our state. If it's so goddamn dangerous, you should have no problem showing me something that's going on here. And he's, yeah. he's a fucking weasel, and I cannot stand weasels. Like if you don't, if you believe something different than me, fine. If you if you're different than, than me, and you know, in, in other ways, fine. But don't bullshit me and try to tell me that you know you're you're this grand dude and you're the savior. He actually called himself the savior of fucking de- democracy one time. I'm like, oh, you fucking self-important douchebag. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, so, no, they're mm-hmm. the 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 state of social media is just you know it it's going to be an interesting couple of years, especially mm-hmm. with all the antitrust inquiries that are finally starting to happen in big tech. Yeah, I saw Google was getting into antitrust, and was there was there any others that you know off the top of your head? Uh, Facebook as well. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I, can see that. I think I think we're a couple of years away from Facebook being broken up. Well. Microsoft was actually ordered to be broken up way back when. Yep. And the only reason why they managed to survive that was because, at least in my opinion, the judge afterwards started running his mouth. He kept saying, oh, you know, Bill Gates is this evil little prick. He has this Napoleon complex and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we all fucking know that. But because you ran your mouth, now all of a sudden he's going to court saying, this judge is biased, this, this, and this, and we saved the company. Yeah. Because people forget how fucking evil Microsoft was back in the 80s and 90s. These guys oh, were yeah. all sorts of horrible shit, you know, stealing code. And, then, you know, it's like, oh, you don't like it? Sue me. We'll put it in Windows and everybody get used to it. And you can you know, wither off the tree and die, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, the stuff Facebook is doing now is just so much worse. And you're just like, how is this allowed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, the, the biggest thing is that I don't mind paying an extra few bucks for a phone or a phone plan or something like that. But I would love absolute anonymity. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yes. Um, but just knowing that when I pick up a phone and I use an app or I make a phone call or whatever, I'm the only person that knows that I'm doing that or the person I'm talking to. That's what I want. I want to know that I can talk, yeah. I can talk shit about people that I want to. That's one of the reasons why when I do get on online on my podcast or anything like that, I don't use my real name. I don't use. I mean, you barely know what city I'm in, um, because there are real world consequences, right? So I talk a lot yep. of shit. Some of it I mean, some of it I don't, right? Um, and I'm sure you know you growing up, you know kids, you, you know kids say the meanest shit they can think of, but you know if that's caught on you know somebody's cell phone video or some bullshit like that and if some if it lines up just right then they want your ass fired they want you kicked off tv they want all those other things and it only seems to happen to right-leaning people like there's a hypocrisy there you know you only get punished at least here in the states you only seem to get punished for whatever perceived wrongdoing if you're on the right side of the political spectrum because people forget that Joe Biden got accused of, of uh, you know, fingering a girl in the, in uh, on his on his staff. People, you know, and people have you seen the pictures of Biden with the sniffing girls' hairs? 
Yeah. Yeah. Pretty creepy. No? Am I wrong here? No, they're definitely creepy. Yeah. Um, I just see a lot of... So, as someone on the left, I see a lot of... Like, I go on Reddit and go to the conservative Reddit, and I just see a ton of hypocrisy there. Yeah, and that's what I that. hate, too. I agree. Go uh, ahead. Like, I, I saw a picture of Trump doing that. Mm-hmm. And it was labeled, this is what Biden will do. Right. And it's just like, can can we talk about how Trump's actually doing that? Right. Like, the, not not metaphorically. Like, right. that's literally what this image is. Right. Yeah, in fact, that's the one thing that bugs me, too, is I, I point out hypocrisy, because I'm on Reddit, too. Um, I, you know, I point out hypocrisy, and I get eaten alive by people going, no, 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 this is different. Like when we had the Capitol, uh, the Capitol riots on January 6th, right? And people go, five people died. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Two people died. Two, one person was shot. One person was beaten to death with a, uh, with a fire extinguisher. Whoever did those things, fucking put them in jail, bury them under the prison. Got no problem with that. Three people had heart attacks and strokes. They don't tell you that. They, you know, even the Capitol Police said these people had heart, heart attacks and strokes. But, so people came out and like, these people are terrorists, they're monsters, they're horrible, blah, blah, blah. But then people forget that downtown Seattle was taken over for seven weeks by armed protesters who set fires, who broke into the police station, who also took over City Hall, all those other things. And two murders happened there. Nothing. Crickets. No, 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 that's different. You don't understand. Yep. It's like, well, that's not different. I'm talking about the armed takeover of a government building where people were killed. That's a flat thing. And so... Yeah. It's not that I'm defending one or the other. It's I'm pointing out you have a problem with this one, but you don't seem to have a problem with this one, even though they're the same type of event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So conspiracy hat me um, thinks a lot of a, a lot of what happened in Seattle and Portland was instigated by governments. Okay, fair enough. Um, especially as. Or at the very least, was escalated. Okay. Like, especially with the with the unmarked policemen. I think that was an, I I think that was an escalation, right? That caused a lot of a lot of the rioting. Yeah, there was I, a lot of peaceful protests, but there was rioting too. Yeah, that's that's the thing is it's when the when the media started coming out and started talking about all these Black Lives Matters protests they were saying well they're mostly peaceful i'm like well yeah so is the fucking la riots you know that killed 60 people you know yeah a couple hundred thousand people participated in it but 60 people still died don't give me this mostly peaceful bullshit you know um well it's just like i i feel like a lot of the time you kind of have to separate the two because there's opportunists absolutely who, who will start the riots not because of the political cause, but because they just want to see chaos. Yes, I agree. And yeah, so, mm-hmm. and, and and I think that's the same for the Capitol riots, was there was a lot of people there just to stand on the lawn. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people there who were do, there to do a little bit more than that. Yeah. In fact, the woman that got shot by the Capitol Hill police, I saw the video. Yeah, she's going to get shot. She did yeah. some stupid shit. Have you seen the video? Uh, I I saw it that day and I haven't seen it since, so my memory oh, okay. of it's a little but, fuzzy. So, but, but, you like know, it's... but you know what happened, right? 
Yeah, it's you yeah. had a gun pointed at you saying don't go don't go further and you went further. I you went further, you caught a bullet in that that's stupid shit, you know. You're you're trying yeah. to break in, you know. That happens. So I got no sympathy for her. And then the cop that got hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, and I'm like, Great, find the guy that fucking did it and put his ass on trial and send yeah. him to jail. Big fucking deal. But yeah, it's this hip, hypocritical bullshit that I just I cannot stand. You know, I, I've, yeah. people go, you know, talk about, well, you know, I want his, I want to cancel his job. I want to cancel his career. I want to cancel, cancel, cancel. It's like, okay. And then when you do something and then those people say, Hey, we should, we should cancel you too. You go, well, I thought you were against cancel culture. You know, it's like, well, no, 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 no. We're adhering to your rules. Your rules were if you fuck up, yeah. you got to whip out the podium and that person's got to, you know, apologize and oh you know that's not me and all that kind of bullshit it's well it's nice you know? like people know what they get when they're with me you know when you talk to me you know yeah. if i like here you don't you know that i'm gonna be offensive you know i'm gonna say shit that's gonna piss people off you know you know those things but the flip side of that of course is that when shit hits a fan you know that i'm standing right there next to you and we're both either kicking ass together or getting our asses kicked together which has happened on yeah. multiple occasions <laughs> There have been a couple times. Can we talk I... about how? Mm-hmm. Oh. No, no, go ahead. What you got? Can we talk about how most of the most most of the people that went into the Capitol building were not wearing masks? Like it no, wasn't probably true. one of the most surveillance buildings in the world. I would be shocked if it's not one of the most surveillance build building in the world. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, fact, there's no way it's not. Oh yeah. In fact, that that's one thing that just aggravated me to no end. It's like, dude, your face is on fucking camera. There is really advanced facial recognition software. They will fucking find you. It is not hard to do. And you have yeah. the FBI, the Secret Service, you know, all these other, you know, all these other uh, agencies that have access to really advanced technology. And you decide you're just going to go in there, crack open somebody's fucking office with your face in full view. Yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. people. Yeah, reminds me of, um, you know, you always see those those dumb criminal videos where they, like, throw a brick and it bounces off the fucking yeah. wall and smashes them in the face. And you just go, what the fuck were you expecting? You know, and then, of course, yeah. there are yeah. people right now who've been arrested and they're blaming Trump. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Trump didn't drive you to the fucking Capitol. He didn't make you get out of the fucking car, pay for parking, walk all the way across town. And throw a fucking brick through the building. That you didn't yeah. do any of that shit. This is on you. You did dumb shit. You're an adult. I I do believe he incited the riots, but yeah, you chose to, you chose to do that. True, true. It's it's an adult decision. So I'll I'll I don't want to say challenge, but I'll ask you this: How did Trump incite the riot? There is so the speech that he gave that morning. Okay. There, so I I believe the the riots were planned. Fair enough, yeah. I, I I truly believe they were planned. There's no way if if he wasn't directly involved with the planning, there was no way his intelligence didn't say there is going to be a riot. There is going to be an insurrection at the Capitol building. Yes. Uh, and when you when you read the when you listen to his speech that morning with that context in mind. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it's. It, it's not what he said. It's what he didn't say. 
Yeah. It's when you read between what he says a little bit. Okay. It's just like he's saying, and he's saying to anyone who knows what's about to happen, go do it. Okay. So I haven't seen that speech, so I'm going to go watch that speech before I comment, because I typically like to have at least some information so I can pretend like I know what I'm yep. talking about. Fair. Um, but the reason why I asked that, so I've seen a lot of politicians come out and say Trump, you know, inspire or inside of this riot, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. Where? Show me where yeah. he did it, right? If you got evidence, great, let's see it. Just like with Trump when he was talking about the elections were stolen, great, let's see your evidence. You know, yeah, exactly. reports, you know, hey, you know, 100,000 people voted in this county and it only has a population of 30,000, shit like that. Okay, I need evidence. I need hard evidence that something that you're you're alleging happened. So when somebody says he inside yeah. the rock, great, show me. So what I'm going to do is when we're done here, I'll jump and see if I can find that speech for you. Watch it, watch it out and see what's saying. Yeah. Because here's the other thing. When he got his first impeachment, that was for the whole Russia thing, right? Am I remembering that right? Uh, the Ukraine call. The, okay, so yes, you're right. So it was a Ukraine call. I don't remember reading up on the Ukrainian call. What, what Do you remember what he said in that? So, again, he didn't quite, he didn't literally say the words quid pro quo. Sure. But he made it very clear in no uncertain terms that unless they open, unless they announced they opened up That's an right. investigation into Biden, he that was going to withhold right. aid. Okay, that's right. Because I remember that, and I remember seeing the video of Biden like a couple of years prior saying, you know, hey, if you don't fire this prosecutor, we're going to withhold this billion dollar loan. Have you seen that yeah. video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't. Okay, you really got to check it out. It's, it's like you see. Him, and he's on TV, like he's openly admitting it. He says, "Hey, listen, I told him you don't fire this prosecutor, then we're we're not giving you this uh, this this money." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" And then the thing that aggravated me about that whole situation, I don't like Biden for a couple of reasons. I don't like his anti-gun stance. I don't like his, um, you know, he voted for the Iraq War, which I think took the took our eyeball off Afghanistan much further than what it needed to be. Um, you know, a couple other reasons, but, um, the thing that aggravated me about him was he didn't admit something that was obvious to everybody. When, when his son got on that, uh, that Ukrainian gas company's board of directors, I'm like, this is clearly yeah. obvious what's happening here. You know, he has no gas experience, no mining yeah. experience, no nothing. Why the fuck do you think he got on this fucking board? Come on now. Who are you trying to bullshit here? Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing with Trump is he's very good about not giving you the literal words to prosecute him by. But that right. doesn't mean that's not what he's not saying it. Sure. And that's something I that's something I struggled with watching the impeachment trial of. Like, it's not the literal words we're after here. Mm -hmm. It's when you, you, you have to take a step back and look at broader context. Sure. Uh, like with with the with the Ukraine call, uh, one of one of his advisors or sons, I can't remember who, did use the words quid pro quo mm, okay. in a in a in a call with Ukrainian diplomats, right. but it wasn't in the Trump call. Ah, uh, okay. And so it's just like when you take a look at that, the bigger context of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's guilty, but right. you just you have to look beyond the literal words. Right, and see for me. You know, being in technology, and especially in infrastructure, when I when the whole um, 
when the whole Hillary email server came out, I'm like, this is a slam dunk case because I have tons of friends and family in the military and some of them have gotten um, security clearance and they flat out said, if I misplace one thing, my career is over, I'm sitting in Leavenworth. And so I'm looking at this going, this girl is going to jail. Like there is no question she did what she did. And I watched the hearings with, um, oh, I forget the guy's fucking name, but he was a senator. He was a, he's on Fox News a bunch of times, just rambling on. But he was he was a, pr- a prosecutor, and he was a really smart guy. And he grilled the FBI director Comey, and he was like, "Hey, did he did she do this? Yes, did she do this? Yes, did she do this? Yes. Okay, how is that not a crime?" And he was like, "Well, you know," and it's like, "Come on, man, you know, just just once hold yeah. accountable." And that's kind of the thinking for me. So, like, for example, you're a developer, right? So you're held to a higher yep. standard for that application because you're responsible, right? So you might have help. Let's say you have some help yep. from you hire a, an assistant, right? Well, if the if the app goes sideways, yep. you're still responsible, right? You should know better, right? You know the yep. programming language. You know all these things. You're yep. the guy. And so when nothing happens and everything implodes and you just kind of go, well, it wasn't me. It was, you know, it was a junior guy and it's clearly not the junior guy or it's, well, you know, it's the neighbor across the street because he looked at me funny and he doesn't like me because, you know, I've got, you know, brown hair or whatever the fuck it is. It's like, it's, you're still the guy. You should fucking know better. You know, I mean, in, yeah. in my case, yeah. if I misplaced emails, if I didn't hand over legally required documents, at the very least, I would be fired. Most likely, yeah. be um, so that was just kind of the aggravating thing about it. It's, it's you're seeing from both sides, you're seeing nobody being held accountable for things that, that should be yeah. clear, you know. And, and that's kind of yeah, my, yeah. my overall argument of if I'm held to a higher standard, if you're held to a higher standard, then the people who are making powerful decisions over it should be held to an even higher standard beyond that. So, anyway, it was just one of those yeah. soapboxy kind of moments. So, you got anything fun planned for the weekend? And, and, and that's something I give a lot of credit to. Yeah, yeah, Sorry? No, no, let's go ahead. Uh, that's something I give AOC a lot of credit for. Yeah. It, she's very far left, but she is very consistent. I would agree with that. She is very, she is very, you all are idiots here. I am in a room full of idiots. Right. And, and is not afraid to call out absolutely everyone. Yeah. For me, the thing that I don't like her for a couple of reasons, and, and the reasons why is, the first trip up that she had was the $23 trillion Pentagon issue, which I was like, you should fucking know better. And rather than coming out and saying, you know what? I fucked up. I, I should have known better. You know, I learned, let's learn, whatever. I can, I have a lot of respect for somebody who can admit their fuck ups. Right. But she went yeah. on to Anderson Cooper and was like, and Anderson, even Anderson Cooper called her and he goes, well, what you said wasn't accurate. And she says, well, it was kind of the spirit of it. And Bobby Gay says, well, shouldn't you still be accurate? And she just kept sidestepping it. And I'm like, wait a fucking minute here. You know, yeah. you got to do that. And then when the Seattle riots and Portland riots were happening, they put a microphone in her face. What do you think? Well, I don't have enough information. And at this point, the, the riots have been going on for months. And so it's like, no, I'm not buying that. I'm not yeah. buying that line of bullshit. And then when the insurrection happened on in, in Capitol, then all of a sudden she had all the information and she was more than willing to, to talk about it. 
So for me, those those were kind yeah. of things that kind of turned me off on her. She's passionate. I agree. She's she has her her ideology. Fine, but I don't think she has a lot of business uh, experience. So I don't think she understands that. You know, when you make a decision, and 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 I've had to deal with this myself because I'm also because you know of the nature of what I do. I'm in charge of people. I have a lot of people that report to me, and if I yep. have a fuck up, I can cost people their jobs. I can cost millions of dollars in damage easily. You know, one wrong move, one everything. Yep. So I have to think about all the things, all the pieces in play, right? So if I say, hey, I want to do X, right? I go to the bosses. I want to do X. Great. Come up with a plan. I come up with a detailed plan that's pages in length. And I say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to pay for it. This is how we're going to save money. Da, 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 da. All these things, right? And so I then put it forth in front of other people, and they pick that plan apart. And then eventually, you know, we, we come to a consensus of, okay, this is what we're going to do. But like I say, I have to be perfect in my job. In fact, I calculated it out. Um, in fact, let me do, do a quick calculation here real quick. So in my line of work, if I have a fuck up, it costs my company $192,307.69 per hour we are down. That's more than my salary in a yeah. year. So I have to be perfect. So yeah. when somebody comes out and says, well, we want, you know, 15 bucks an hour, you know, for whatever, you know, pick, pick a, you know, pick a pet project, want 15 bucks an hour. Cool. Did you figure out how that's going to affect your businesses that are around? It's not going to affect, you know, your Walmarts, your Amazons, anything like that. It's going to affect the mom and pop shop down the road, you know, that's barely getting by because small businesses absolutely have thin margins in a lot of ways. And you know, you, you're a yep. small business. You, you know, if I came to you and I said, Hey, listen, we're going to bump up your hourly rates by 50%, you know, would that bankrupt you guys? So I, I, I don't know the financial, the financial, okay, that's not yeah, my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but with the, with, with the, with the minimum wage hike, what's interesting is those disasters never come. I actually, so I'm living it. I'm, I'm living in a country that has, I'm living in an area that has, that had $15 minimum wage mm -hmm. and shops didn't close. See, here in the States, we did have that, but we had more of a mixed bag. We have certain areas in Washington State, usually Seattle, um, that said, we're going to do 15 an hour. And a lot of restaurants said, hey, listen, we're already on razor sharp you know, margins. You're going to bankrupt us. And people said, tough shit, don't care, whatever. And they pushed it out anyway. And they did say, yes, some businesses closed. Some businesses were fine. Uh, some businesses... Um, uh, some businesses uh, cut hours. In fact, that's one thing that happened with Bernie Sanders' campaign, which I thought was the height of hypocrisy because he's always seemed so genuine, was he came out or, and he said, hey, I want everybody to pay 15 bucks an hour. And somebody did some research and said, you're not paying your staffers 15 bucks an hour. And he went, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to start paying 15 bucks an hour. And then he cut everybody's hours. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You're not doing it in your own. you got to eat your own dog food. You know, just just like with you, you got to try your app out. You got to know what your app is. You got to yep. know what your product is. You know, you got to know what what everything is there. And so, for me, you know, I need somebody that if you're gonna start fucking with things, one way or the other, 
you know, 15 bucks an hour minimum wage, universal health care, whatever. Um, you better know what the fuck you're doing because you're going to cost people their job. Yep. You're going to cost them their livelihoods. You better be fucking perfect. And that's the thing that aggravated me about Obamacare because everybody kept saying, we're going to have universal health care. We're going to have this, this, and this. And Obama came out and said, I want health insurance for everybody. And being that I have, you know, business experience, my first thought was, why are we involving insurance at all? And nobody could answer that for me. Nobody could say, well, we're involving insurance companies because of X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, 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 no. If I have a doctor or yeah. any product, I should be able to go to my doctor and say, I have a problem. And he says, sure, man, I'll pay, you know, it's going to cost you X. Why am I involving a middleman? All middleman does is fuck up things and puts in more cost. So why am I dealing with that? In fact, yeah. give you a perfect example. When my, uh, when my oldest was born, Obamacare was just about to get into full swing. I had an $11,500 deductible. Also had an $11,500 maximum out-of-pocket cost. And I know that's completely foreign to you because, you know, you're in Canada. Why, why would you know any of this shit, right? <laughs> so, right. Um, so when my lady told me she was pregnant, um, and to be fair, I was thrilled, you know, because, you know, you're a guy and you're like, fuck yeah, knock it out of the park, you know, because I'm an egomaniac. But um, my first thought was, how much is this going to cost me? So I called the insurance company yeah. and said, how much is this going to cost me? And they said, max out of pocket, 11500 I go, okay, cool. So no matter what happens, 11500 They go, yep. All right, cool. So fast forward, she had a, uh, she had a thing called placenta previa, which basically means that the placenta kind of worked its way down. And if it, um, if the baby decides to get born around the time, it can kind of get entangled a little bit and it can kill the baby. So it's a pretty dangerous thing. So they say, listen, we're going to go ahead and hospitalize you until the baby's born. So for six weeks, she's in the fucking hospital, just waiting for the baby to be born. I'm visiting every day. I'm being super dude, taking care of shit, doing a full-time job. The whole time. And then the baby is born. He's born, uh, I think, nine weeks early. They put him in the NICU, and they're, they're basically keeping him to put some weight on him, right? Great. So they do all that stuff. Yeah. Total bill, $252,000. Yeah. Insurance comes back, comes to me and says, you owe us $23,000. So I'm like, how the fuck do you figure? And they go, well, yeah, you have a $11,500 deductible and $11,500 uh, max out of pocket. And I go, yeah, max out of pocket. And they go, well, the deductible doesn't count towards a max out of pocket. And I go, do you not understand what the fucking words max out of pocket means? And we went back and forth, right. argue, 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 until finally my employer said, you got to pay the 23000 And my boy, he turned five years old, and I just paid it off here just a short bit ago. Like, I was paying shit tons of money yep. towards taking care of that. And that's what aggravated me about it. It was like, well, if you want to yep. do something, it's a noble goal. Don't get me wrong. It's a noble goal to say, hey, listen, I want people to be taken care of, right? I don't want somebody to go bankrupt because yep. they got cancer or some shit. Totally noble goal. But do it right. Don't fuck around with people. Don't yep. half-ass it. Because Obamacare, everybody goes, well, it's not a perfect bill. And I'm like, I have a $23,000 bill I paid because of your, well, it's not perfect. That's not good enough. When I have to be perfect in my job, yeah. otherwise it costs $190,000 an hour, you better be perfect in your job. You wanted this job. You ran for office to get this job. So do the fucking job right or don't do it. 
you know, yeah. or come back and say, because there's no harm in saying, you know what, this is a much bigger project than we thought. We're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to get experts in here. We're going to figure this out. No harm in that. Pushing it through for political points, it fucks people. So that that's my... The, the, the problem is, is, is that it's not that Obama didn't want to do more. Mm-hmm. It's that he couldn't get more passed. There was no sure. way he was going to get... Totally agree. Universal healthcare actually yeah. passed. Totally agree. So he did. He 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 did as much as he felt he possibly could get through. Yeah. And he 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 did do a lot of good for a lot of people with that. There were a lot of people. Oh yeah, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was a shit show yeah. across the board. No, no, no. But what like, though, is that people like me who played by the rules, who did nothing yeah. wrong, got fucked by a bill because he couldn't get yeah. something passed and done correctly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you're talking to a Canadian, so I'm, I'm of course, a proponent to universal health care. Sure. All right, so let me ask you this. So the health care that you get, all right? Yep. So take me through, you get into a car accident, you fall off a Zamboni or some other stereotypical Canadian injury. <laughs> um, what does that look like? You go so, to the ER? Okay, okay, go to the ER, go, right. And they treat you. Okay. What ha- what happens in the background is the doctor bills the province. Okay. And so the province controls prices that say when you do this service, mm-hmm. you get paid this amount of money. Okay, fair enough. And so it's it's the doctor's responsibility to handle the billing. Okay. Uh, um in there are things you can pay for. Mm-hmm. So if you want a semi-private or a private room, you can choose to pay for that. Okay. Um non-hospital food isn't free parking isn't free but that's kind of the limit of what you have to pay okay so you mentioned province right yep um is it different province to province in other words um you're in saint john podunk little province you go to the hospital maybe the hospital you know maybe they just heard of things like indoor plumbing and electricity whereas vancouver you know, you're getting a state-of-the-art hospital. You know what I mean? Like, is the level of care the same, or is it just cost difference? Or... Level of care is the same across anywhere. Yeah. And so I have a bit of inside baseball because the first company I worked for actually did medical billing in Canada. All right, fair enough. And so you can walk in, in Canada, you can walk into ho- any hospital except Quebec and not have to pay a dime. Okay. What's billing is, billing, you know, the... The doctor will bill Nova Scotia, who will then bill my province. Okay, is what is what happens, with the exception of Quebec, where okay. you have to upfront it, but the province will reimburse you what you pay. Really? Okay. Yes. So what happens if you're in like a major medical issue? Like let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars and you don't have it. I'm not. So I'm not too clear on the details. Uh. So. Right. The, the the agreement isn't between the province between the Quebec and other provinces for the reciprocal medical billing. Okay. I haven't been through the process of having to go to see a Quebec doctor, so I can't speak to it. All right, fair enough. Uh, but at the end of the day, you don't owe anything. Okay. Because my next, you know, I, I got a bunch of questions regarding that. So, like, let's say you're... Uh, do you guys really have illegal immigration all that much? Yep, a little bit. Okay, so let's say I sneak across the border to Canada and I slip and I break my leg. Can I go to the hospital? No. 
Okay. Well, so you can go to the hospital, but you will be expected to pay. Okay. For your services. Because they are not nearly the same the same level as the states. Okay. Um, because prices are so do, so again, but you're you're paying the doctor, you're not paying the hospital. Okay. And so the doctor typically charges two times what they would normally get paid for a Canadian okay. resident. Okay. Typically. Fair. The doctor can choose. Okay. And, and in that same view, the doctor can choose to pursue, okay. to pursue you or not. So okay. if you're, if you're poor and you get a nice doctor, probably not going to have to pay anything. Okay. Not advice, just. Sure. Sure. Things I've seen. So the reason why I asked is because we do have a pretty big illegal immigration problem here in, in the States. And it's mainly just because, Mexico and Mexico really isn't that big of a problem, I guess. It's more of like uh, Central America where they're coming up and they're like, listen, where I'm coming from is a shithole. You know, I, I got to get somewhere better. Hey, you know what? If I sneak across the border in the United States, you know, streets paved with gold, you know, that kind of bullshit, you know, whatever fucking rumors they hear. And so we have certain rules when it comes to healthcare where a doctor cannot turn you away no matter what. So they're going to uh, yeah. treat that patient. The problem is, is that then they will give a fake name. They'll skip out on the bail or the bail, the, the money, and then they'll turn around and the hospital basically just has to eat the cost. And so when people talk about universal health care, it's not that they're against the idea of, of universal health care on paper. There's a couple of major problems. The first one is they don't want illegal immigrants to uh, to come here and, you know, suck us dry, um, which is a completely valid point. Um, and then there's also the, the additional problem of illegal immigrants come here and they'll have their pregnant women will have their babies here because in our constitution, it says, if you're born here, you're an American citizen, period. So they say, Hey, listen, you know, I got this baby here as an American citizen. Maybe it helps them out later in life. Maybe it helps me now. Hey, you know, you can't deport me. My, my, my son is an American citizen. That kind of thing. Um, yeah. Then the other thing about universal health care is we've seen what the, at least what our government does when it comes to running certain programs for people. It is massively wasteful. You see red tape and bullshit all over the place, and people go, wait, 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 wait. You can't even run the DMV correctly, and now you want to be in charge of my health care? Fuck you. And there's there's that that underlying mistrust of government which they rightfully earned um but also people forget that america you know americans in general don't like being told what to do don't like being coddled they don't like the government coming in and saying i'll take care of you don't you worry it's like no no no. leave me alone fuck you you know you do your thing i'll do mine and so and we've been that way since our founding you know so yep and and with and of course with my wife she's from Canada and so she when she came here she actually went to the hospital before the baby was born because she was having this weird headache um, where and she had travels concerns that you guys offer and so when she came down here she was talking to me and she was like my my head feels weird and then she started talking and I was asking her questions and she couldn't respond like she was going hey you know I'm, I'm yep I say hey honey you all right and she'd go I uh, uh, and I'm like, something is wrong. I thought it was a stroke. 
honestly, because it was it was clear she was having trouble getting the words out. Yeah. So I grab her, toss her in the car. I'm like, car now, race to the hospital. And they figure it all out. Apparently, it was this weird type of headache that happens. I don't know the details. I'm probably fucking it all up. It's probably probably one of my uh, medical listeners is probably screaming at his radio right now. It's one of these. You don't know. You know that kind of bullshit. <laughs> but um, she commented that the level of care that she got here in the states was significantly better than what she got there. And so that naturally led me thinking, well, is you is it because of universal health care? Is it because we're at a state-of-the-art hospital, you know, why, why, why was there that big of a difference? You know, because when, when our boy was born, it, it looked like a fucking Star Trek set. I mean, there was equipment there that I had never seen. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this looks like a state-of-the-art, you know, medical facility. Um, in fact, funny side story, um, because she has fibroids um, in her uterus, they they said hey we're gonna bring in an abdominal trauma surgeon and he's gonna, gonna check you out you know after the baby's born so she's like all right cool you know just a precaution no problem and you ever see somebody that just like fits the bill like if you look at somebody and he says hey i'm a doctor <laughs> he looks like a doctor this guy walked in and owned the fucking room right he had his blue scrubs on had it was yeah. short blue scrubs he had those giant hairy you know doctor arms he looked like uh, he kind of looked like a military doctor, right? He had the little scrub cap thing on, right? He yep. comes there, he's like, "Hi, I'm Doctor So and So," and I'm I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, "You drive a Mercedes? I fucking know you drive a Mercedes." <laughs> but he goes behind yeah. the curtain, does his thing, comes back ten minutes later, and he says, "Okay, good news. Um, the fact that I'm done in you know ten minutes means that everything is good. Congratulations on your baby. You have a good night." And I'm like, and of course I go, "Good. Stop the clock." <laughs> And he goes, what do you mean? I go, you're probably expensive as yeah. fuck. You're probably like $1,000 an hour. And he goes, you're not far off. I'm like, Jesus Christ, stop the clock. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. He's a nice guy, but this guy, like as soon as he walked in, all the other, because there were 15 fucking people in that room. There was a baby trauma team. And yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. But um, but when he walked in, everybody kind of went, oh, he's here. And I'm like, what, what, who the fuck is this guy? You know? Yeah. <laughs> So I've worked with several of those doctors, but yeah, but you've, you've seen them where you look at him, you're like, that guy's a doctor. I know he's a doctor and he drives a Mercedes. Yeah. Wife's a trophy wife. And he lives in a giant, like 4,000 square foot house. He just looks like the kind of type. But yeah, I think that's the, the issue for us is why we have this, this mistrust and why things are the way they are, you know, like, like the mask thing, like, you know, universal health care, like guns, like all these other things. We're very independent, you know, almost to a fault. And once, you know, when the rest of the world goes, well, why don't you have the, the government take care of that? I'm like, mm, that's not really who we are as a people. You know, yeah, you know. Purposely. Yeah, and... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. And, and I think that's going to be the downfall because, you know, everyone loves to point out the quality of care. Mm-hmm. And so I it, it it's, of course, going to vary from province to province, from hospital to hospital here. Sure. Um you know, I've been on I've been on a year long wait list to see a specialist, but I didn't need to see the specialist. It was a okay. precautionary, preventivary, probably a nuisance appointment. Okay. So I was okay waiting. When someone I know was diagnosed with cancer, within a month they were under the knife. They were under the knife. Right. So it was done. It, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and so it was done. So when you need it, it's there. Right. Some non-urgent things might take a little while, but mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, at the end of the day, I know I'm not going to be bankrupt. And when, when people start talking about like the illegal immigration side of things, mm-hmm. they act like they don't benefit from it. From which, from which perspective? They, they act like society. So as, as much as people like to shame illegal immigrants, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they do a lot of shit jobs that just need to get fucking done. To a degree, yes. Um, there, there are plenty of those jobs that I absolutely agree. In fact, I've worked a couple of those jobs, you know, growing up, and they are shit jobs. Um, yep. But that said, I think the reason why there, there's twofold. You know, you know who actually hates illegal illegal immigrants more than like a far wing redneck person, and and I've never seen these ty- these people hate illegal immigrants more is legal immigrants. Oh my God! Yes, legal immigrant. I know they fucking hate them because they're the yes. like. Listen, I've paid the fees, I've filled out the paperwork, I've done everything right, and these guys come in and cut in line. Fuck that! Like they get on the soapbox fast. Um, but I think the yeah. problem is that to be clear, I'm not condoning illegal immigration. Oh sure, I'm sure. not. Um, but you know when you look when you look at it from the view of society. Mm-hmm. you can't pretend that you're not benefiting from keeping someone down at the bottom. Yes, there are. There are and people. I think you owe a minimum standard of care to them. So one thing though, that I've seen, and I've I imagine there's reports saying otherwise I've seen because, um, you know, obviously they're going to pay taxes in one form or another, right? Whether that be yeah. sales tax, whether that be income tax, you know, whatever. Right. So they're going to pay some tax into it, but what I've seen, though, is a lot of reports come out to say that they cost more for things like hospital visits that they don't pay for, um, you know, things of that nature. So when you have, when you bet, when you when you weigh it all out, you go, okay, you've got a group of people that you can't track that, you know, admittedly, you know, I've seen studies that say they commit crime less than like their standard counterpart, which makes sense. You know, if you're going to be in a country illegally, you don't want to like draw attention to yourself. But still, crime don't comes. commit two crimes at once. Exactly, you commit three crimes at once. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there are crimes that come in. There are, you know, there's there's financial impacts. There's all these other things. Um, you're never going to stop everything, right? Just like with gun control, illegal yep. you know, um, drugs, things like that. You're never going to stop any of it. But if you, one thing I've seen though, when they talk about universal health care, one of the biggest arguments is I don't want an illegal immigrant to benefit from this feature because they're all going to come here and they're all going to get us and they're all going to you know, take over all the shit. And then they kind of have a point to a degree. The problem is though, is that they can't seem to frame it in a way that doesn't come across as racist. And when I say racist, I mean real racism. I'm not talking about somebody who said the black guy yeah. over there. Like, what do you mean black guy? Is that racist? Like, no, I'm talking about real racism, right? They go, listen, I don't want illegal immigrants yeah, to, no. to come in. And then I go, then you, you press them a little bit and you go, okay, what do you mean by that? And you go, well, they're fucking Mexicans. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, dude. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, so throwing throwing that whole bucket bucket away, mm-hmm. um, they, they sound like they don't benefit from cheap oranges. True. True. In fact. Um, how, how, do you, how do you think you get those cheap, cheap oranges? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and so like it, it's, I'm not for illegal immigration, but like, let's not pretend that mm-hmm. p- other people aren't benefiting from them being there. Right. 
And so if, if as a society, we're going to benefit from it, mm-hmm. why should we leave them high and dry? All right, fair. So I'll, I'll ask you this. So I remember, do you remember Papa John's healthcare issue way back when? It sounds uh, it, vaguely familiar. So Papa John's pizza, um, he, there was something about healthcare, like he was going to have to add healthcare to all of his employees and everybody went, oh my God, it's going to bankrupt, it's going to this, this, and this. And come to find out they did a study and they said it was going to add something like 57 cents to each pizza, right? And everybody went, are you fucking yep. kidding me? That's, that's a rounding error, right? Fine, fair enough. So then I guess, yep. and, and I don't expect you to have an answer to this because there's no way you would know, but how much more expensive would things be if illegal immigrants weren't here to do the jobs and those jobs were being done by either citizens or legal immigrants. You know what I mean? So would that 50 cent orange now cost yep. cents, two bucks, you know, what have you. Yep. I, and, and so, so you're talking to someone that would gladly pay a couple dollars more on a lot of items sure. to ensure that it wasn't done in an immoral standard. I'm going to call mm-hmm. it through like slave labor in China and Southeast Asia. Sure. So, with with that in mind, so to me, it that cost is irrelevant because it. I I I I don't I don't agree with policies that deprive someone of their humanity like that. All right, that's fair enough. Yeah, you know, because that that that's where I, I I'm trying to go with that is that you know if as a society, we're going to benefit from someone being at the bottom and whether that bottom is an illegal immigrant or $15 an hour, someone, someone mm-hmm. in order for there to be billionaires, there's going to be people that are at the, at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think we should limit the top. So that way the bottom isn't deprived of humanity. So how, how would, how would you shape that? What do you mean? So if you say you, you should limit the top, okay, how would you limit the top? So I think I, I think a lot of it comes out of corporation profits that go into dark places to be hidden okay. and, and right. squirreled away. Um, do you know? You, you, Talk about like the Cayman Islands and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Okay. There, there's, you know, the Panama Papers. There's a lot, there's yeah, a lot of money that goes to very dark places right. that... If we went after, I think would pay for a lot for a surprising number of social programs that when we don't have insurance companies in the middle trying to take their pocket, fill their pocket. So what do you think about the idea of a flat tax? No. How come? Because again, the people at the top benefit from people being at the bottom. Okay. So if you're going to benefit the most, you should pay the most. Okay. So let me. The reason why I, I I ask about that is because people talk about the rich don't pay their fair share of taxes, right? Fine. Yeah. And most of the studies I've seen show that they do, but it's it's in how you phrase it. And what I mean by that yeah. is, it's they're paying like I think it's like the top five percent of earners pay something like eighty percent of the taxes. Or yeah. Something. But they pay. A different percentage wise i think that's i think if yeah. I'm, if I'm right, right so we'll pretend that that's correct so on a flat tax 
you know, the, the reason why I like the idea of a flat tax, at least in general, the reason why I like it is because no matter what you earn, you're going to pay X amount of dollars, right? Say 10%, right? You earn a million dollars, you're going to pay hundred grand, right? Fine. So now there's no loopholes. There's no nothing, right? You, you, you make a million bucks, so you're going to pay hundred grand, right? Got a guy paying, you know, makes $10,000 a year. He's barely scraping by. He pays a thousand bucks because both people drive on the same road. Both people go to the same hospital. Both people go to the same schools to a degree, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But because, you know, we're, we're talking about fairness, right? So if you say it's a flat tag, yeah. then, it's, then it's theoretically the most fair. But that said, you could potentially say, okay, you're going to pay 10% on your, your, uh, uh, your earnings, right? Well, then there's also 10% on the company's earnings because the company's earnings are not the same as a personal's earnings. You, you see what I'm saying? So that's yep. kind of why I like the idea yep. of a lot of tax. But, you know, I, I've seen too many people who, who will say, well, you know, it, it disaffective, disproportionately affects poor people. Okay, that's fine. And then the other thing that I've seen is where somebody will say, well, that doesn't bring in enough revenue to the government, which leads me to my next point of, well, if it doesn't, if it's not enough to fund the government, maybe the government should cut their spending. And that's the thing that aggravates me to no end is I am constantly bombarded with, we need more tax money. We need more tax money. We need more tax money. And nobody says, hey, what the fuck are you spending the money I'm giving you on? Like I spend $700 a month on property taxes alone just for my house, right? Then I've yep. got sales tax. Then I've got, you know, my car tabs and income tax because I work in Oregon. On, 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 on. Then I have property taxes on all my rentals, on, you know, all these kind of things. I spend probably close to ballpark $70,000 U.S. per year in taxes. Yep. And so – for me to spend that much money, I need to know what the fuck are you doing with that money? And all I'm met with is, you know, yep. yeah, that you, you, and, and this is from politicians, not from people like you, I mean, but I met with, well, you know, you just, you just kind of have to pay a little bit more in taxes. You know, why don't you help the kids? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I've driven by these high schools and I don't know about high schools where you're at, but I've driven by high schools that look like fucking art deco, deco buildings. And I'm like, there's a yep. statue in this fucking yep. place. That statue could pay for a teacher for a year. Why are these buildings fucking gorgeous? Yep. You know, build a square fucking building yep. filled with state-of-the-art computers and teachers, and I have no problem paying a teacher a lot more money. These poor pricks don't earn a lot of money. I got no yep. problem taking taking a teacher and saying, hey, you know what? You did a great job. Here's ten grand. Here's fifteen grand. Whatever. Here's a new car. You know, make sure that you know you're doing you're on top of your game. Yep. But. I don't know. I just I see so much waste, and then they turn around and have the fucking balls to ask me for more money. You know, it's like I could buy yeah. a luxury car for what I spend and get in taxes every year. I roll around in a fucking Toyota Camry. Yep. Yep. So I mean, that's, so that's kind of, uh, yeah, what you got? So I I very much understand that. Uh, <laughs> so I disagree with a flat tax on the on the basis that it disproportionately affects the lower the low the lower you are the more it affects you because ten percent when you're only when you're only making three hundred dollars a week ten percent of that is a lot more of because there's a certain number of costs mm-hmm. there's flat costs to living you need food you need electricity you need water 
That's a myth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a Tex- myth. Texas is proving that it's not a myth. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> there, there's flat costs to that. Right. That don't go up if you pay more. If you're richer, so they can, but like there's a there's a floor there, and so when someone gets close to that floor, ten percent of your income is a lot is a lot more mm-hmm. of your. It's not free income. It's not okay. spare cash, and so that that's why I disagree with it. Okay. And when you when you the government, especially in the U.S., is very wasteful. And, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and. I think the I, the tax code could be cleaned up so that there's less loopholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, you know, the IRS is purposely defunded so that they can't go after rich people so that there is this tax shortage. Oh yeah, yeah. And fact, um, I I've, I pay somebody. In fact, I, I got to go see her tomorrow. I pay somebody a lot of money to go through my taxes to make sure that I'm taking all the deductions that I can because. Yep. This is, you know, the, the the rentals that I have, it's going to pay for my retirement. You know, I looked at my 401k, yep. I looked at everything else, and it's like none of these things are going to cover. So I had to kind of go into business for myself. Yep. That's why I spend as much as tax as I do. So go ahead. Sorry. Um, and, and like, I, I think of the example. Uh, so I, I, I think the elephant in the room is the military budget. That is just so overinflated with building tanks that don't get used because we're too afraid to kill the tank production because the Mm -hmm. senator is going to vote against it and create a hustle. And I I would agree with that. In fact, uh, one thing that, and and again, I like what Trump did. I just don't like the method that he did it with when he called on other NATO nations to say, listen, you got to start pumping in your own money here and people were getting really pissed about it and i think he went about it in the wrong way but a lot of the military oh, that we have what goes towards bases in other countries where we have an agreement with them where they say hey listen you know come on in help us out we really could use your help here and it's like we don't mind doing that but then when you look at the budget that of what they're spending we're like hey listen you can kick in a couple of bucks guys and it, it very much reminds me of a video that i saw years ago god it's been kind of so 30 years now um there was a video of a um, couple of u.s soldiers in saudi arabia and there were the saudi prince and there's a billion of them i don't know which one it is and the the soldiers were saying hey you know because they were there for the first iraq war and they said hey you know uh so you guys are gonna mobile your mobilize your troops and help us out and the guy went no and he goes, well, why not? And he says, well, you guys are going to fight for us. And he goes, wait, wait, what? And he says, yeah, you guys are going to fight for us. He says, why would we waste our resources when you guys can waste yours? And that feels that way a lot for other nations when they, you know, they say, hey, look, you know, America's bad and all this other kind of crap. You know, you should be doing this, this, and this. And it's like, well, we're taking that money and we're spending it and we're spending it on you and your defense, you know. Not to say that we don't benefit at all, because we absolutely do. We benefit from strategic, you know, places and you know, holding back countries like uh, China and, and Russia who want to, you know, constantly encroach on their funds. Yeah. But it's you know, I think that you know, the military budget absolutely can be 
be trimmed. I, I bet you we could trim it by about half. Yeah. And still have a, a competent fighting force. Oh, easily. So yeah. So for me, there's that, and then on top of that, you know, if you if you tell an ally, listen, buddy, I love you, but you get, you got to start kicking in your own money. I mean, you saw a bunch of com- uh, countries here a couple of years ago. They were like, wait, what? How dare you? This is how dare you ask us for that? And they got indignant about that. And I'm like, wait a minute, what are you getting so pissy for? He's asking you to kick in a couple of bucks for your own self defense. Like I think it was. God, yeah. Was I think it was like Germany. It's more he had to turn that into a political disaster because everything exactly. he everything is about him. Exactly. Um but the the so some a side of that is I don't think he paid attention to how effective some of these countries are with lesser of a force. So I think of of, of Canadians in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Canadians in Afghanistan were the quality of training well made up for the lack of numbers yeah in fact do you know that the top and i haven't looked lately but i think the top three of the five longest sniper kills in world history are taken by canadians oh yeah in fact uh my favorite is um this guy named rob furlong Uh, he's canadian guy and he's soft-spoken super nice and he talks about shooting taliban which i got a buddy of mine um i won't name his name here but he's been to iraq been to afghanistan super nice guy the whole nine and if you look at him you'd swear he's just a nice normal guy whatever but when he's around the guys he'll start talking about his love of killing hodges is what he calls it and just love killing people um and the reason why was because he watched september 11th and was like nope i'm gonna fucking kill all of you and he did yeah, but, you know, like you're saying, you know, it's the effectiveness of it. You know, he took his training and he took it to heart and went really far. In fact, uh, this Rob Furlong guy, he was yep. in one of those History Channel sniper shows that I watched, and he was talking about, yep. you know, going on, and you know, he was talking about they they were doing pretty well, but they he started it was his skills and our bullets because they were not quite hitting these long distances. And so he said, hey, let me try your bullets. So he tried yeah. our bullets. They were slightly more aerodynamic, so he was hitting longer distances. But side, funny side note, he gets out of gets out of the military. He joins a police force, and <laughs> he got mad at his superior officer, pulled his dick out, and pissed all over the superior officer. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I died oh, laughing. Oh, they fired him. And he tried to, you know, he tried everything to appeal and all that kind of crap. And I'm like, dude, what in the fuck are you doing? You can't do that. You might have gotten away yeah. with it in the Canadian military. You will not get away with it in the RCMP. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, we, you know, we, we could talk about how we might not spend the NATO commitments, but mm-hmm. when, when shit hits the fan, we're effective. Oh, yeah. And you guys are there with us the entire time. Yeah, there's there's no question Canada. We weren't with you in Iraq. We were against Iraq, but we were definitely there in Afghanistan. And it was Canada and the U.S. that would only patrol certain zones, Mm -hmm. and those were the deadly zones. Right. Yeah, you guys have been there by by our side the whole time. You know. Yep. Um, In fact, um, you know, me me and my wife, we always watch um, these funny uh, uh, Canadian comedians, and uh, you know, just kind of poke fun at each other. In fact, my favorite one was. uh, 
there was a, a comic and he says, you know, he says, people don't understand that people, you know, the, the international relations is basically just like a giant bar. You know, you walk in there and you see the guy in the fucking uh, plaid suit and the little Adidas jumpsuit and all that shit. And you're like, oh, oh, there's a rack hey, with a shitty cologne and all that. He, you know, you don't you don't want to deal with him right away, but you know you're going to have to fucking deal with him. And you turn around and you're like, all right, Australia, you ready to go? And they're like, right, mate. And he says, all right, Britain, are you ready to go? Right, mate. And he says, all right, cool. And he says, then you look around the room for any Yoda buddies. You're like, all right, we're about to go fuck this guy up. And you look over and you go, Canada, what the fuck are you doing here? Does mom know you're out? Fucking <laughs> 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 <died> laughing. <laughs> he was like, go home, go home, mom. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you guys have been. But like, so Canadian military history is actually the story of doing surprisingly a lot with surprisingly little. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, You know, we we were the only ones to hit our D-Day objectives Mm -hmm. on Juno Beach. We were the only we were the only ones to to get there, and um, Vimy Ridge is another one from World War One where we were the only ones to actually be able to to do it successfully. Yeah, in fact, I was watching a, a documentary on D-Day here just a short while ago, I want to say like a, a day or two ago, and they were showing the map of, of how people went in. And you guys, like, we went in, we landed, we're like, all right, cool, we're here. You guys were like, all right, we're in here, all right, we're going to kick ass. You, you, you guys went deep into fucking enemy territory. We're like, hey, hey come back, come back, come back, calm down. <laughs> Yeah, you guys, you guys really kicked ass on that day. Yeah. But God, we've been talking for two hours. Jesus Christ, this is your fault. Yeah, I was just thinking that I, 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 uh, I might need to stop soon here. Yeah, you're getting pretty late where you're at. Yeah, but it, it, it's time to relax. Yeah, I understand. Are you going to watch some tech YouTube enjoyments? Uh, I've got some Linus Tech Tip videos to catch up on. Uh, Linus Tech Tips. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. I really do. Um, I the first video I ever saw his, um, he was uh, he was building a router, and at the time I was running the company I was at, it was it was a tiny tiny little company, and we you know I needed help you know. And he said, okay, we're going to build ourselves a router where this is. And I'm like, all right, and I'm glued to the fucking screen. And, and I didn't know that he was kind of a goofball, you know, in, in terms of like, <laughs> you know, he, he knows what he's talking about, but, you know, you don't really take him seriously. Yeah. And when I was watching him, I was, uh, he goes, okay, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to take this guy. We're going to put it in this rack. And it was a rack mount router. And he's doing his thing. He goes, ah, you know what? It just doesn't fit. Hold on a minute. Let me go get the angle grinder. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, what in the fuck are you doing? And then I was like, oh, okay, this guy's kind of a goof. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, he's done his thing. And then, of course, he grew his beard. And I'm like, okay, now you look like yeah. a man. You know, now it's like, all right, you, you look a little yeah. more like a man. You don't look like, you know, some some kid trying to, you know, wear his dad's shoes or something like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, I've always loved his, uh, his stuff. In fact, um, I watched his video where, uh, just I think today, where he was talking about the NVIDIA 3060s where NVIDIA crippled it for ether miners. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. Man, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Like, I mine Ethereum right now. I... Oh, good? I, I think he has some good points in that video. Oh, yeah. He just um, has some good points. 
Yeah. The I, I think you have the point of like this isn't really for gamers. Right. Because you're not taking bin down thirty sixty chips to make these cards. Right. You're taking supply away from what would have been thirty sixty cards. Right. Yeah, I I've been wanting to upgrade my video card. I was gonna upgrade to a thirty eighty because the thirty nineties, they're neat, but I'm not paying fifteen hundred dollars for a fucking card. Yes, yeah. I'm not happy. And, and I absolutely refuse to pay more than MSRP. That's why when everybody's like, oh, yeah. you can get a 3080, it's going to cost you $2,000. I'm like, fuck you. I don't want, you know. But um, yeah. I was looking at it. I'm like, okay, 3080 seems to be kind of the, 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 the perfect scoop for me. Because what I wanted to do was I want a game in 4K. And, of course, I was going to use it as an excuse to buy a new monitor. But I want a game in 4K, 60 frames a second, on any game that's thrown at me in the next five years. I don't think that's unreasonable, right? Yeah. Especially for a $1,000 fucking video card. Yep. And I cannot fucking find one. I mean, I've looked on eBay, I've looked on yeah. Amazon, you know, Newegg, all these other places. Nope, 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 nope. So I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. If you, if you guys can't help me, then fine. In fact, I was talking to um, uh, one of my coworkers. He mines Ethereum as well. He's got three video cards. One of them is a 30, it's either 3080 or 3090. I forget which one. And he's making $800 a month. Like he showed me his wallet. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, yep. dude. Says, yeah, he says, and the thing is, is that that's profit. That's after electricity and all the other stuff. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, yep. dude, really? Like I mine Ethereum with my uh, with my 1070. I make like a hundred bucks a month. Yep. So yeah. I don't know. No, it, it it it's going to be a little while, and it and it's going to cripple the used market. These CMP cards. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, you absolutely you had can't, a good point there. You, you know, it, it's the same thing with those async miners. There's, mm-hmm. there's going to hit a point where it's not worth the electricity that it runs on, and it's just e-waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I looked at buying one way back when when people were mining um, Bitcoin, God, back in 2017, I think, and they were like five grand, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, and they ate electricity alive, something yeah. like 1,500 watts or something like that. I'm like, my fucking my, my fucking electricity bill is going to be something like a thousand dollars a month. It's, it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that said, you got a neighbor and you got an electric, you know, you got an extension cord. Maybe you can make it work. <laughs> See, I was in university when, when that first became a thing. Right. And uh, I, I was very tempted to find a find a hidden corner where yeah. I could plug something small into. Absolutely. It was well, well before ASIC miners, but. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to think of that, you know. I mean, think about a place where you could go for hours on end and and plug something in and not worry about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, university probably be a place. Uh, the airport, local library, but basically it's just there as long as you as long as you sit there. You yeah. Know? Who wants to sit there for hours on end? God, yeah. A lot of the staff at the university, so like I could place something permanently in a hidden corner. Oh, okay, all right, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, you totally should have. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really should have. I'm well, a millionaire right now. Is so you rent right? You got like a little apartment. Uh, I'm still with my mother at the moment. Oh, okay, okay. I'll say because once you uh, once you get your own place, I don't know about up there, but down here there's plenty of apartments that um, that you can um, where they include the cost of electricity in your rent. Yeah, that's very uncommon up here. Is it? Okay. 
I was like, because yeah, you look for that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, I'm just yeah, normal stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, that's one thing that I absolutely refuse to do. I I pay, because I, I own a 2,800 apartment building, and I pay the water bill, I pay the electricity bill, but I only pay the electricity bill for like outdoor lights and things like that. You know, community yeah area. Um, I'm debating on giving free internet to people, but right now, um, people really aren't kind of respecting. You know what what i've got so they're like oh free water you know i caught one person who was filling up their little water bucket truck every day wasn't a lot but i mean it was like dude what the fuck are you doing he's like it's free water i'm like it's not free water i pay for that shit you know so yeah, yeah. and of course you know i look at it as just an investment to you know kind of pay for my retirement so you know, I know. yeah well with free internet if you can get like like up here, unlimited plans are fairly fairly common. You know, you could set up private networks fairly oh. easily and just limit the bandwidth so make sure that no one ever steps on each other. Yeah, yeah, I looked. Uh, but I'm also in a country without the clusterfuck of U.S. telecoms. Yeah, yeah, I can get decent internet for a couple hundred bucks a month, business class. Like, I can run servers and all that kind of fun shit on it. Um, business class for a couple hundred bucks a month. I'd probably spend 500 to 1,000 bucks on equipment um but for me i'd have to charge like an extra like 20 25 bucks a month for rent yeah and then i would say hey listen you know you spend on a consumer internet 75 bucks a month for internet but now you only pay an extra 25 bucks so i'm saving you money but i'm actually making money because now i'm pulling in say 500 dollars a month on on yeah. that so yeah i don't know so yep yeah. all right well, anyway, uh, is there anything else you want to yicky yaki about before I let you go? Not that I can think of. Cool. All right. Well, wonderful having you on. You're more than welcome to, uh, you know, hit me up if you ever want to come back on and chit-chat about whatever the hell it is you want to chit-chat about, you know, as soon as my uh, account comes on. Yeah, for sure. I got, um, <laughs> I called, uh, and there was a politician, I forget what they said, but I said they were a fucking retard. And who oh boy, they're like, you're promoting violence. And I'm like, what is violent about what I just said? And they wouldn't answer my question. <laughs> yeah. 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 Told you I'm offensive. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you have yourself a good one. You too. All right. See ya.